back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics podcast, episode number 374. 374, Eric, and through the back door. I, I have Damn no right. idea. No idea. Plus, we're going to have some problems because I can't hear you at all tonight. You're just getting deaf in your old age. It may be. Maybe that's the case. Uh, Earlier last night, we were sitting there, and Mia was acting up our dog, and Tanya hit one of them dog whistle apps, and Logan actually was like, oh, my God, that hurts. So, ah, it hurts, that that noise that youngsters hear. They they weren't fooled there. They were not fooled by me uh, being an old man. But, hey, welcome to the podcast. We have a bunch of books, six books that we're going to go through a couple of other sections with Michael S. and Clay as well. But before we get into that, let us tell you where you can find us. You can go over to the Twitters at The Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. You can go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get written reviews of all the books we're going to be talking about tonight. Not only just from me and Eric, but other people as well. And then you can go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a bunch of things, right? A bunch of things, they say. I guess. I'm not on it. That's what I hear. I know. There's this other guy there, the Cellar Dwellers. I got to get a hold of that guy. There's a Fright Night comic coming out. From Tom Holland. I, I Spider-Man. Who would have thought it, Eric? Different Tom Spider-Man. Holland, Jim. Ah, uh, yes, it is. And it's funny, too, because at one point, I was more familiar with the director, Tom Holland, because Well, you of should you. be, because and that he was around for a lot longer than, well, you know, young but, kid Tom Holland. I don't know that young kid, young kid Tom Holland may have surpassed old man I'll Tom Holland. Uh, but if you go over there, you'll also be able to... Listen to our spotlight each week. Each week we have a DC Comic Spotlight with books picked by the badass. This is the Get Fresh Crew. Boop, boop, boop. What up, Fresh Cup Crew? Oh, uh, yes. And nice. with all of that, Eric, uh, yeah, check that out. But we're going to get right into this because we have a bunch of books. So with that, badass roll caller. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You do into that. it, Eric? Are no, you there? Not My anymore. name is Jim, and I'm here to say. Is, you, that, you, is that how you like the rap? You're just going to reha- rehash what you did at Marvel's? Did you know I was a juggalo? Did you know that? And I, I just want to mix asshole. things up. It's it's just the same, Eric. Jay Jennings, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Michael S., Forrest Pauly, Cam, Joseph Wadschick, Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, All New Dave, Lady Abby, Red, Matches Below, Niels Tewart, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum... Tony Walton, Jason Colby, 242 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Arake, Cellar Dweller, when he's the Fright Night. Mark Jager, Aldrin Stosia, Nick Adams, Bill, a beer from the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, Loma Bar, Luke Hollywood, <laughs> Simon Louise, Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Vermillion, Don't Need Him, My Man Pete from NYC, uh, Cowboy Bebop Mark, we're going to call him now. Rob Lewis, our man Rob Lewis. B. Amur, that's Brandy Amuria Akuyu. I mean, double A, Ron. Where's double A, Ron? He's over there. He's over there. He is off in Minnesota, eh? Is he in the Minnesotas, eh? I think so, Eric. I'm having problems tonight. First off, I can't hear a lick of what you're saying. And you're yelling as well. Yeah, because I have to jack up everything <laughs> to be able to even hear you. I, whatever you said during all that, I have no idea. Uh, we're going to have to fix that before we move on. Plus, I decided uh, today that I was going to start taking my Adderall again here. <laughs> so that might be 
the case as so well. So hold on. In, in order for you to hear me, you got to jack everything up, including yourself, into yelling into the microphone. No, that's because when I jack it up, Eric, that, that song is, I mean, through the roof. You're probably at a level of about 50. That song is at 2,000. I can't even hear anything going on with me even talking. It's so loud. So we're going to have to figure that out before we go on. But that's not here. Everybody else can hear. It's fine. We have a bunch of books. Like I said, we have a couple sections. You got the bat section. You got the, the Superman section. Then you got the other section. What's that's the other kind section? of another bat section, maybe. But we'll go on to that right about now. Stay out of sight, Aaron. Get out of here. Get out of town, buddy. Don't look at me. I'm hideous. (laughs) I'm not an animal. (laughs) Oh, my God. I ended up doing that face. (laughs) I got a cramp. I got a Oh my god, that hurt. Locked y'all I am. I'm gonna go through, go through time, make teleporting uh portals. <laughs> hey, no, no, you just have tetanus. <laughs> oh my god, it hurts so bad. It did. I, I love when we were working together and I'm like, you ever like just sit there and all of a sudden your hands clop and it looks like you're doing gang signs? You're like all the time. And you look over and they're like that now. They're always freaking locking up. I'm telling you, always. I don't know what it is. I get and a lot of too hard, jaw locks up like, oh no. Yawn too hard. It has become any time I yawn. That's why I rarely like to record with you. You bore the shit out of me. Oh my God. And then I lock up. Oh, uh, that is not true. Eric, I I want to pick up your spirits, actually. What's wrong with my spirits? Well, this week, I even had some people, because I noticed it, Eric, but I didn't say anything. I said a little, but uh, some people said, was Eric okay during the spotlight? They thought that you were down. I said, well, he kind of didn't like those crappy books. (laughs) It's kind of the deal. But they said, no, he seemed like, not distracted, but he seemed like you were glum and and gloomy. Pretty glum chum. You were. Who else in the level car and say, yeah? Yeah. Come on, Eric. Let's well, get it up. Earlier man. in that day, I'd, I messed my feet up really bad to the point where my foot foot was bleeding, you know, walking home. And then also I found out that day that my cat's pretty much going to die soon from cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's that would make it. Now you now you make me upset. <laughs> uh, but I could tell something was wrong. Are you a little better now? I mean, not, neither of those things probably have resolved themselves by now. Well, but, my feet ain't bleeding. My cat's okay. still alive. Well, there you go. You, you can, you know, be happy for the little things in life, Eric, is what I'm telling you. I like uh, yes. But we're going to go off and, and talk some books. Maybe we'll cheer you up with those because some of these books are I don't know if okay. Monster Batman's going to cheer me up. Well, I mean, really, it's it's like a horror movie. It's like a universal horror movie, right? The Wolfman. The, the Wolfman's in it, I think. No, I'm not because sure. Because I enjoy universal now, horror movies. With that, 
Would you be shocked if in the middle of this issue, and we're talking Detective Comics number 1042. I know what we're talking about. No, I'm telling everybody else. Would you be shocked in the middle that all of a sudden, Hugh Vile was the Wolfman? Would it shock you at all? Because uh, this is the thing. This Detective Comics, Mariko Tamaki, is legitimately doing exactly what drove me and you nuts on the Wonder Woman book. She presents things, then she changes rules, then she swids and swerves and this all these is things still going on. leagues better than her run of Wonder Woman. You know what the problem now, or the issue is, I think. And this is why I was thinking about it when I'm reading it. It is better because it was more obvious in the Wonder Woman, the nonsense, because it was only focused on Maxwell Lord. So when he ended up and then you had liar, liar, but that was also him. this, though. There's so much going on. I think at the end I'm punch drunk and I'm just like, whatever, you know, okay. And and the art's pretty good. But overall, the story, it, it's kind of a mess now. And we're heading into future state. So we're heading into fear state. Or fear state. I'm sorry. Well, what's the difference, Eric? I mean, seriously. <laughs> you, you end up where the idea of all this, you know, the jury, Hugh Vile. You know, the death of Sarah Worth, Mr. Worth. I just Worth, think of the that, idea, it, the jury that we put together that we never got to see. It's the final issue of this arc. Freaking Penguin fucks off somewhere. Does that just mean the jury's over now? The jury the is jury's out. It's adjourned. It's, it's gone. They just called for a recess. And that means you play kickball, right? And then you hit in kids in the face when you're not supposed to, but you do it just to Aren't tell them, don't mess with me. Yeah, that's when I was a kid. I hit him in the face. I just, I just I want to think that you're not an adult going hitting kids in the face now. Maybe still. I just show up. I'm like, hey, day, kids, let's play the kicks balls. How do you sound like that? They're like, well, because I'm a kid now. I have to pretend that I'm a kid. They're like, why do you sound like a 1927 newsie? I'm like, hey, how's the Babe Ruth stewards? Right? I, I don't know what right kid in. knows that what a 1927 newsie <laughs> would sound like. I'm like, hey, there, what's going on with the May West? Pretty hot, hey? Right? And they're like, oh my god, I and love the this guy. The only thing that we know is we, they're cartoon characters in our head that we're trying to do. I know. Also, I'm dressed like a baby smoking a cigar <laughs> in a stroller at so that point. Hey there, kids! What's Everybody's going on? I wouldn't be able to do that. I, I, I'd never smoked anything in my life except maybe you in a race. That'd be the only thing. And pole. Uh, maybe I don't know. You know, I have a lot of times that I think and I don't remember stuff. But here we are. Here's Detective Comics 1042. And if you like this, I said before, but if you like what you hear and you want to go and maybe get a little more guide kid in your life, go over to our site, weirdsciencedccomics.com. I have a lot of ideas in my head about guide kid. But the, the problem with it is I keep wanting to do some guide kid stuff. But it's too far removed. It's you too far removed. Everybody out no. there who's listening, please sing with that, that sound. We're not singing with me. No. You know, I like not. that guy kid stuff. <laughs> I wanted to, but it's too far removed. Nobody nobody knows. Like now people are like, oh my God, I'm done with this guy. Oh, the guy kid. Guy kid's one of my favorite characters of all time, Eric. And now you have, you've sullied the name. Right? <laughs> you've sullied the name of guy kid. I can never do it. Uh, but now you got me depressed, Derek. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm just down. thinking about you. You're pretty much your old boss that you used to work for. You used to like two and a half men. What's that to like show? What did he call it? Two boys and a guy. Like, two uh, men no, and a uh, boy. What's that? The two men with the boy. I'm like, you can't say that. Now I'm, hey, I like the guy kids. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Where, where's Jess? Edit that out. Edit that out, Eric. I don't need you making fun of me to get canceled. I mean, I really do not. But we're going to go to this. I do have. 
another thing that I'll pull out of the archives that I ended up saying that was pretty funny too. But Jim, what what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do next week? Oh yes, next week. And we didn't end up speaking about it in the intro, or maybe we did. I don't know because I'm going to have to edit that intro. Who knows what's going to happen? But if we didn't say it already, and if somehow you heard me and Eric in the intro, uh, next week is a annuals week, so we will not have the podcast on the Pretty regular low, feed. Jim. Pretty low, it is, uh, just like Guy Kid stuff. You end up where, if you want to listen to the show, which at the end of the podcast we'll talk about the books, but a couple of big ones coming out this next week, uh, you have to go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience to get those shows and all the other shows that we do on other feeds and such. But we're going to start off here. I've got to calm down. I'm all excited now. Things seem to be going crazy over in your end there. And I don't I'm know get, what's happening over here. I don't all know upset. what just happened. It sounded like somebody blew up a bomb or something. But with that, it's we're like, starting. Uh, stuff with my dumpster going. There's a high-pitched whistle that's driving me nuts. Yeah, I'm I like, hear Why that is this happening right now? Is that one of them young person's whistles again? Hey, I hear the whistle. What is it? Time to go to the malt shops? See, that's guy kid stuff, Eric. That's good stuff. Detective Comics Stop number 1042, <laughs> written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Victor Bogdanovich, uh, Jordi Belair, and Adida Bidikar, also a backup uh, with Matthew Rosenberg writing and Max Rainer, Diego Rodriguez, and Rob Lay on the writing of that and art. The verdict is on in on the jury, and I object, Eric. I messed up my big line. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I, w- I ended up looking up like, Different objections. I was going to do a whole thing with them. Didn't really work out great. I'm going to start again. The verdict is in on the jury, Eric, and I object. Most of the evidence presented by Tamaki was just hearsay, and the lack of a coherent plot, character progression, or setup was not enough for me to reach any real conclusion, except that we kind of wasted a large part of six months on this book. In the end, though, Tamaki sets up more vile creatures, Eric. Vile creatures for her fear state issues. And we get another Deb Donovan Red Hood backup that took a bit too long to set up a whoa, mystery. Whoa, whoa. Most of us already know. You think Eric. there's freaking mouth monster eggs are going to set up for what we're going to be dealing with next in Fear State? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's This stupid. is the thing, Eric. <laughs> Please listen to my solicits podcast once. That's why I know I'll get the there info. Eventually. It is worms in the sewers. I, I think I even mentioned it last week on the podcast to you uh, some weird way. But yeah. That's what that's setting up. That is the fear I just state really in detective. I was hoping that was just something that anybody wants to pick up a huge vile thing later on. You can. Now it seems like that's what they're going to be going. Fair it's enough. now big giant worms in the sewers. Eric, tremors, as, as we do. It's just the tremors. It is. It's graboids. Uh, but with this here, what you say? You better watch yourself. Uh, you end up Guy where Batman. Stuff. Batman was infected. So we end up, you know, you even said you wanted to see what was going on. You really wanted a definitive version of what Hugh Vile and this crazy whatever it is, the alien, monster. parasite monster, mouth monster of, you know, is it searching for a better host? Is it just able to replicate what shit, Jim. It isn't. What it is, is it's pretty much giving everybody the mind movies. Well, that's the thing is, is it giving everybody the mind movies? Because everybody else that Hugh Vile attacks, right? They end up getting the they end up getting the rage eye worms and they go and attack other people. But now that we have shot Batman with the venom of the mouth monster of Hugh Vile, now he is freaking Cthulhu Batman with tentacles coming out of his mouth, hanging low. And I don't understand what's going on. That he's now being controlled by Hugh Vile's mouth monster and telling him, "You go and you got to kill that Mister Worth." While on the background, 
the Huntress has a psychic connection to these freaking mouth With monsters. Deal, and even though she, she is infected by the but eye she's worms. cured now, and she's cured. And so, and, and with that, remember connection. Remember with Huntress at one point, she seemed to also have the mouth thing as well. But then that went away at points, and then it was the eye. So with that, you end up having Huntress being able to see other people. You have Batman who's being controlled. Hugh Vile sees everybody. And none of it makes sense. Well, none even of this it whole makes thing where hunches sense. are like, I can see Batman. I know he's infected, stuff like that. He's at this building. And this entire time, I don't know why she's having such problems because she's going to this building. He's like, I know Batman's here. I just can't find him. I'm like, if you're looking through his eyes, you know he's on the goddamn roof. Just get to the goddamn it roof. What are you talking too, about? Like, that's one of those things, too, where if all of a sudden I saw your eye, you know, through your eye, I wouldn't know where the hell you are. But. I told you, I told you that when Huntress ended up getting infected and she could see through things, this was only going to set up that Batman would be infected and she'd be able to find him, which she barely needed to do well, anyway. Well, even by in the this. end, the idea, and maybe it'll tie into something in Fear State, which we don't understand yet. Or like that, there's no reason for her to have a psychic connection but she to these eye monsters. But she seems to have a little bit. Mouth right? monsters. But even after we're done, though, we destroy the mouth monster by the end of this whole thing. We freaking just punch, gut punch it out of Hugh Vile and then shoot it with a bolt. And then all of a sudden, like this, we're like, everybody who was infected is no longer infected because the monster is dead. We go to Sarah Worth's freaking grave and pay our respects. But also, do you still have the, uh, the mind movies? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. I'm like, everybody's cured. Sometimes. What are you talking but, about? But they seem a little bit distant, like, a, like a, you know, an old time dream with the guy kid. But yeah, what you do is you end up defeating, at least in this, Hugh Vile, the big bad, one of them. By actually up into a mummy after his freaking mouth monster's gone. Flying into him and he spits out this mouth monster like it's a piece of steak that he couldn't get down. <laughs> he got and then you just shoot it with a bolt. So with that, if we end up having these monsters in the sewers, as the solicits say and this kind of sets up, I don't know, bomb them. I mean, there's easy ways to get rid of I see a <laughs> bolt through one of them. I mean, it killed him. And then so with that, you also have the jury who basically penguin just, just steps up and says you know i object oh, i'm out of here yeah i'm out he just Get ends up zapping here, you bird fucker yeah, yeah and it, there it goes it's canon i mean it's if not mr worth says it he do gets not take the info freaking, do not take your continuity from tom king and Rico tamaki this is the thing we're gonna keep doing this what if we have the podcast 10 years from now you're gonna be don't take it from joshua williamson scott like how many more people do we have to have it as it's canon i don't but mind joshua I just, williamson i just laugh at it though but I mean, you end up bringing the Batman to us because Look, we need to get him to... Just leave the bestiality on the table. We don't ever have to bring it up. It's fine. Penguin doesn't do that. He's badass. It's ass. just the weird thing about, like, they have infected Batman, but they need Batman there to get more vile and vials there. But with Batman being infected, that supercharges him to jump up like he's the Undertaker and ends up just going after another guy with his mouth. <laughs> None of this makes sense. I well, mean, at least that's the thing. It's just because it's Batman too, and he's trained himself through all the time. Like he's able that's to the overcome only the mouth monster yeah. for the most part, which is okay. It's one of those things nobody else can do it. I can understand Batman can, but it's like I do like the jury's initial intent for this whole thing, though. The idea that we're going to freaking infect Batman, get him all raged up, and hopefully. But the thing is, the, he he became all raged up way faster than they thought because they were going to drop him in the center of Gotham, just watch Batman you know, go after people and come like, that's a great plan in my mind. It is, but Mariko Tamaki, again, fumbles it a bit because he does get, you know, it, it affects him really quick, right? It, it seems like, but then later he says, thank God that they didn't really get me that bad. 
But but they did. He bad. was just able to fight back. Like, you I love when he punched the handcuffs on. There's problems with yeah, you right now. You, you got it really bad, Batman. He he looks like legitimately. I'm not a doctor, but this might be hepatitis. I mean, legitimately, if I walked in here and I was one of these characters, I'm like, what the hell? The drowned is back because that's what it looks like to me from the the metal stuff. But well, that's yeah. the thing. So like to me, it kind of looks like that. Um, what was this? Uh, Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies with the squid freaking things hanging off. That's why I think that they ended up with the drowned. I think if I remember right, the drowned Probably. had those squid things as well. But yeah, R.I.P. Drowned. You end up though again. Davy Jones. It's, it's a cool concept of let's get Batman enraged. So this will be a Batman who goes. We can point out, oh my God, look at him. Then even the point where maybe we can then kill him. And we'll be even applauded because he's out of control. They're going to take him down. All that. It never happens, though, because Batman's able to force it through. Like you said, it happens too quick. But then Batman says later, luckily, I only got a little bit of a dose. And, you know, Hugh Violet, he just jumps up like he's the Joker. Just starts going. He was in a coma. Or so, oh, I'm out of the but coma because I, I, of I don't understand Hugh Vile's powers or what his f- things are. I've done. He was on an operating table where he was in a coma. It seemed like for a while. And then he's just getting up, getting dressed. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then you even have like the thing going in. So everybody in this warehouse seems to be infected, which makes them go crazy. But you don't really deal with that that much. Penguin's like, yeah, here's my cue. The zap gets Hugh Vile or gets Mr. Worth and runs out. I love how small he is there, too. He's running out. Uh, he's really, really winded. has to take a couple is, breaks. Is he really small or is just Mr. Worth just really I don't know. Big. Mr. Worth got knocked over that, that railing. He's pretty small there. That's but it because looks it cool. comes up to his ankles for how That's big he is. True. He's that is monster. true. So the big thing here is, and I didn't get the tension of what it was supposed to be. The idea of a Batman that's so enraged. First off is enraged because Batman would be at Mr. Worth, all the things he did, but also being controlled by Hugh Vile, who has been taken Find advantage him, of by my puppet, yeah. my creature. So it's all this where Batman, you know, is over the top, has a lot of reasons personally and through being possessed or taken over by Hugh Vile to kill Mr. Worth. And you're kind of supposed to believe, oh my God, what's he gonna do? Now, if he does kill Mr. Worth, I mean, what are we going to think? We're going to think that he was possessed by this stuff. So I, I'm not going to count it against him. I'm and nobody's there him. to see it. Everybody counted against Wally before in Heroes it, in Crisis. I don't know because, that. well, that's because when they said later that he said they don't now because we see it. <laughs> With that, though, why not play the game that you are already playing, that Mr. Worth runs out into the middle of Gotham, right? Everybody's around, and that's where you see Batman almost kill him because that was you know the thing are people going to think this or whatever they're in a dark warehouse and whatever happens happens and he ends up throwing mr worth over but then grabbing him with a grappling deal so he doesn't die but that seems to be the end of mr worth that's so seems funny to be too the it. idea when i see this going on where you're like he's about to drop mr worth off is like because the creature keeps talking hugh violent his mind keeps telling him kill him kill him to the point where he just drops hugh violent and does it I imagine it was going to be one of those things where it's going to be like, you know, uh, Gwen Stacy falling where the snapback is going to kill this guy because he goes to save him. Or it's going to be or it's going to be like what we had in like when Red Hood went and like, you know, chucked that guy off and uh, and, uh, that girl had to hold on to him, which, you know, caused him to have a whole big lot of problems. It was party having a huge limp. Uh, But yeah, with that, though, like what does Mr. Worth think after this? Because. He almost gets killed by what Batman, right? What did he think right? before this? Well, they, he hated him and thought that he killed yeah, his daughter, why? all that. I don't know. This is my problem is. That's why I said it's all hearsay. You know, kind of getting the court deal of the jury. But it's all whispered. That we don't know these characters enough to ever get these moments. I'm all. I'm almost believing 
that this is over with with the idea that Mr. Worth now sees the greatness of Batman because Batman, even though he was being possessed or taken over by the mouth monster, the rage monster that they want him to have, he still saves him. Again, I would like that to be the case, but when he sees his daughter turn into a freak and his dead daughter turn into clay and melt in front of him, and that is no reaction. Yesterday's story. (laughs) I'm just saying, (laughs) I I always think about, you have to have a deeper understanding of something after witnessing that, though, and we never got it. Well, I don't think we're going to get much. I think this is just going to be over with Mr. Worth. Like, he's just going to go and like, hey, I'm worthless. I'm rich, bitch. And he's going to go off and end up doing his thing. This is why I said a lot of the setup is really like nothing. Because even with that, oh, we got Fear State coming on. The only thing that I have set up are these worms and things like that. So they, she even kills Mr. Vile, the, you know, Hugh Vile, Mr. the big Vile. bad. And ends up, well, he is proper. Uh, you end up where you kill the mouth monster so easily. With just a boat, because, you know, Huntress can see through the mind movies. She comes in. She's fighting her way. Batman does end up handcuffing himself. I think that's the best yeah. thing. I think that that Make was sure really that he cool. can't hurt anybody. Yeah, so he can't hurt anybody. That's the thing. In my mind, though, he's doing this. He's handcuffing himself. He knows how to get out of these handcuffs, though. He, like, uh, it's such I a, think like, I can just snap so, him now. Exactly. I, it's just such a weird thing. Like, I'm going to do this to protect everybody, but also I can get out of these if I want to murder somebody. <laughs> look at look at this. Like, how do you end up, you know, getting better? From this thing in your like, it has to be ripping shit. Around. Look, I'm telling just, you, you talk disgusting. about the idea where we had that, you know, the uh, Hugh Vile origin story before when he was a young boy swimming in still waters, and that's where it got into him. And we can't operate him because in his throat and stuff like that. I'm like, all you need to do, Docs, was a gut punch. That's it. The Heimlich does it. That's there is my prime example of what Mariko Tamaki does. She forgets the setup of things and then twists and turns it to make it so that. It looks so easy for them. To, like, who are these doctors? Uh, seriously. Now, that they're I like, can we can't do anything. I, I'm going for the skewed angle of it just because it's more fun in my mind where it is pressing down and making sure that it can't be removed. And at this point in time, Batman caught it off guard with a gut punch. Caught it off guard. Which he ends up coming in with it a, out. It's a flying shoulder thing that Huntress actually throws him in. So maybe it, yeah. but it just hits him in the chest and it comes out. And then Huntress shoots it. Dead. Done. And now Hugh. Is now turning into a, a, a mummy. You know, he he chose poorly. Is what it looks like. <laughs> right? is, we're, we can talk all about the in, like uh, inconsistencies with the story and stuff like that, and the underwhelming moments. But the, the biggest problem that I have through all of this is after it's all said and done, the crappy little tombstone that Sarah Worth has. I'm telling you, it doesn't even have any dates. Or it's just Sarah Worth with this little tiny tombstone, like. Your father was willing to do all of this for you, but you got like this weird freaking spot well, in the cemetery. How do you think he got so rich? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, maybe he didn't want to do it, and they like the the wife did because there is no. Is date, there a so maybe, maybe he's there. I don't know. Makes a lot of syrup or something. You end up with the idea though that maybe you could play off. He doesn't want to do a full tombstone because he doesn't accept that. She, I don't know because we don't get enough. Where's the and monument? Even, I mean, um, seriously, and even then, you kind of leave. The dude and- is shooting bazookas at police stations because he thinks he's been wrong for his, because of his daughter, but it's a little crappy tombstone right here. I know, Just look at that. my baby girl. That, there you go. You get that there. I'm going to put the, the flowers on it. And, and then, so with all of that, you have this stuff going on and whatnot, and then you have that little callback where Huntress is like, you know, hey, I got some other flowers for that other lady that I completely forgot about, the one that died earlier but i do on. know her cat's name is doug yeah yeah so you have that Mary? going on yeah maybe. maybe maybe it was i don't know uh but 
But I know the cat's name Doug's because we all know that cats are more important than people. That is true. Hey, uh, Vile's dead. Can you still see what you <laughs> saw? The visions of his victims? And then you end up, and, and there it is. What like the visions of the victims. Either they're dead now. I was doing a little star checking. Now that Vile is dead, can you still see? You end up where, uh, who's left to see through? Like you said. And she goes, well, they're kind of like deja vus all over again. <laughs> It's kind of like a deja vu. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, who are the other flowers for? A friend? Like really? Like I, I kind of got that, but you know, they just walk away. And then I love the idea because we're going to continue on with the backup that you're more of a Deb Donovan fan than I am. Bruce, Thing is, Bruce I am not sends her Deb a Deb Donovan a, fan. I am a Red Hood fan. Bruce sends her this real fancy champagne. Thank you. Is it champagne? What? I don't know. What did she do? She's been sitting in, she's done nothing except almost got them blown up. And now has been sitting in the hospital for way longer than I think she should. She should be out of the hospital by now. I think she's he is just shit. being neighborly and he knows she's a terrible drunk. Thank you very much, Mr. Wayne. All right. I, I guess she did something. <laughs> I don't know. And with that, though, you have this setup. This story with Hugh Vile, all this stuff has been going on for half a year. And it just ends with, well, Hugh's dead. Do you still have the visions? I got the deja vus. And then they, okay, let's go. It ends without any explanation of anything and just just ends to end. And then Hugh Vile was full of eggs, Jim. Well, that's where you get you get this ending where they're doing an autopsy. And he's infested. If you work. In Gotham, it is awful. They even say it's the worst. And then it's like, I want to go to Centerville. I'm like, I don't want to go to Centerville. Centerville. Uh, But, oh, my God, this guy, his brain is Swiss cheese, and he has eggs there. You know what? This might be important information about a parasite that is has infected a bunch of people. You don't just go bing, bing, and start shooting freaking eggs around. Oh, my God, it's like the caviars. And they go, and these things start rolling away, and they're like, ah, eh, whatever. This is the problem in Gotham. These people have all given up. They don't do their job right. I mean, they're, hey, my brother, he's an Arkham guard, and he just lets people in and out. It's just nonsense. So you know? funny, too, to think about it, because I'm looking at that line, though. And my cousin works in Centerville. Totally different job. Just imagine it's like old people. And the thing is, I'm like, what, was she trying to say Central City and forgot That's what it was called with Centerville? That's what I thought. And then, you know, but even then. Maybe Centerville like, is this weird Easter egg where it's this old timey, like Golden Age city in DC comics that nobody even knows anymore. The idea of this is they don't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to do paperwork on a man full of eggs. They are doing an autopsy. First off, Batman's going to go and try to find this autopsy at some time, I guess. I mean, you would think he'd look into this. And it's like, no, nothing wrong with this guy. Uh, these are important things. Well, it's funny and too, to think about it. it. Like, we're doing this autopsy on Hugh Vaughn. I have to imagine they're not going to get far just because this guy's full of eggs. And let's say they do get far, but we're going to put him in the core. And I like to imagine the backup then where, you know, um, Deb Donovan gets out of the hospital, hot, Red Hood puts her up to this whole thing, and then she goes to the morgue and starts opening these things up the same way that they're right here. Like, oh, look at all these eggs in this Hugh Vaughn. They, they basically, we were told the jury was the villain. No. The morgue is er, it, these guys and gal there. What the pavement was his I just, the hey, he's got these eggs in him. Oh, by the way, y'all said mouth monsters and pretty much terrorized all of Gotham. But eh, what's that? Oh, they're moving. Ah, eh, gross. That's it. That's it. 
Nobody looking into this, nothing. They just go down in the sewer. And then it's this next year's day. This is the crocodile down in the sewer. Oh, my God. Yeah, whatever. I might kill a croc, by the way. (gasps) Then you go Deb Donovan and what uh, the F is Task Force C Part 2. And there's three parts of this, I think. The next issue as the last part. And then you get into Task Force C. And in my mind, the thing that is, Which is good you know, timing, pulling actually. me back is the idea that um, we know what Task Force C is about. We know it's zombies. So the mystery Again, of why they're pulling me, bodies and stuff like that. Me saying that this is zombies because we know it's coming out. I want to know what leads to that. Uh, what gets Red Hood there? And this whole idea of having this backup where Red Hood is kind of going uh, meandering about a little bit with this Deb Donovan story or trying to get to the bottom because it seems like Jason Todd knows more about what's going on than he's willing to say here and just it's wants weird. Deb like, Donovan to He doesn't just go work. to Batman. He's like, I, you got to get in the papers. Call the Vicky Vales. I know. My big problem is I do think that by the end of this, we're just going to have snatched up Jason Todd and zombies and it's going to be something around Sounds the amazing. lineup. It's going to be something of like, well, now that you know, we're, we're going to make you part of it. You're going to be part of this. You're going to lead them. I don't know. But I don't think that Deb Donovan is that interesting. It's like Red Hood. I got good news and bad news for you. Oh, what's the good news? Your villains are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. <laughs> what's the good news? It just keeps going back and forth. I do like the idea that one Thrill of the me. things. You have this idea of Deb Donovan talking about, you know, people ask me what journalism's like. And you, you, it's okay. And, you know, it's a shitty job. We get that. But the best is, is when she's like, Hey, and you get to go places, you get to travel. And the big thing is you're supposed to be like, the traveling is to go get tacos. That's not the problem. She just started eating that hoagie and now they're going to get free tacos. That's such such a pissed off moment in my mind for her. But the thing is, you know, she's going to eat it anyway. I'm telling you, if it's me, I'm eating that hoagie on the way to the tacos. The thing is, so everybody listen up. It's Tara's birthday. We're going to Pancho Tacos for lunch. The sun is setting in the background, and I think it's 5.15 on the freaking clock behind <laughs> her. I'm like, what is lunch? And she's eating a hoagie. <laughs> but she's no, the like, best part tacos. Is, it's so funny, too, because like some of the best parts of this back this backup situation, besides Red Hood and the idea of waiting on the Task Force Z, which I'm really looking forward to, are the food moments. Because it starts out with Red Hood and Deb Donovan in a diner, where Red Hood then orders a spaghetti dinner, spaghetti meatball dinner, a side of, of buffalo wings, a salad for Deb, which is kind of fucked up, and a cheeseburger and french fries, and he you know, takes one bite of each of them, and doesn't even touch the buffalo wings, and gets up and leaves and says, alright, you're taking the bill. And she didn't bring a wallet, but she never does. We saw her. She's stealing alcohol and stuff. You end up where that, that is screwy. Hey, the salad's for you, Deb Donovan. Uh, and then Deb keeps going back and forth with Vicky Vale and stuff like that, but Man, Jason goes hot ham on the uh, or hog wild on that spaghetti. <laughs> it reminded me. It's funny because I ended up watching a little bit of the old people's deal, the Beatles Magical Mystery Tour, and in one of the, the old scenes, people's deal. Well, it is. Nobody is, even knows what I'm talking about right now. But you end up in one scene. There's this lady, and she wants food, and pretty much John Lennon is shoveling spaghetti with a shovel onto her table. It's pretty funny. But yeah, he eats a couple bites and leaves her with the bill. And then I can only think. I that actually those... wanted to see him sit there and eat the entire thing. I'm like, how are you taking in all these carbs? Yeah. And then he's like, you know, keep looking, go, and and then she is, she's hanging out. She's in her first stakeout. I am you know. so happy that we're back to a, this closer approximation of the new Fifty Two Red Hood costume because he looks so badass in this whole thing throughout. Yeah, and so she's on the she's got to go to the bathroom. It goes on a little too long. Like I said, there's a little bit she's too much of the stuff. He shows up then. 
I'm like, hey, this is an awful stakeout. Don't drink the coffee. Here we go. Oh, there's some people there. I'm going to go fight him. What? I thought I was here for the story. That is part of the story. We'll see. And goes and starts fighting. And but then she gets bad. hit in the back of the I'm head. Sorry, it's, it's just too bad the dead diamond dies at the end of this thing because the idea that somebody slams a bat in the back of her freaking neck right here, I'm like, oh my God, she's dead. As she's calling 911 because she even says the idea of what is the what is the line? What do you have to draw uh, between getting a story but putting people in danger, doing the right thing? But get, So she ends up trying to call, and then I can only think it's Harley Quinn. All right? That's the only one with the bat. And the, oh, she gets she gets hit. Where, where you don't I don't think it's know, one of these like, screw heads? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. I think it's one of those guys. The thing is, if you hit somebody, with, and luckily they're going old school wooden bat. Who are these not guys, aluminum. though? When they come breaking know. into this morgue area and they're like this, like, they have, you have gigantic U.S. soldier. They have, you got uh, you got the, the KGB beast. It looks like they're all wearing right? freaking like you know masks, completely covering their face right there. But they have like you know they got football freaking pads, shoulder pads up on here, bulletproof vests, like you know these giant neck collars. And I'm like, who are you people? And again, we say this, but we we assume at least that it's going to be something with Argus because we got to get these bodies to Task Force Z or X, whatever you want to call it at this point. So like, I just want to know more about like who dressed these people for this mission. And all we're doing, essentially, which I think right now is just collecting dead bodies. So, like, why do you got to be know, all yeah. up like this? Do you like 8-Ball? Look at 8-Ball over there. He's a shorter no, guy there. Ball. You like, uh, you know, the Red Star? That's what I'm calling that guy. 23 is Jordan, maybe LeBron. And the other guy, I mean, what did he do? The other guy just has a green mask. I mean, he's well, we don't not see really... the other side. Maybe I he know. has 24. Yeah, yeah, he's probably like three. He's AI. <laughs> three and a half. <laughs> 33 and a third. <laughs> oh, you're good. He's Larry Bird, 33. Well, yeah, so with that, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> She gets hit in the back of the head with a bat, right? Like I said, it's good. It's old school. It's it's wooden. It's not aluminum. Or she's really dead. But the bat actually splinters with how hard she dead. gets hit. She, Paralyzed, at least. I, I, I agree with, I mean, I'm, it's hard to say without getting, but she's not in the greatest of shape. That's what I'm saying. Or she looks like she is not somebody who could take a hit with a baseball bat in the back of the head. But who can? I don't look like that. John Cena. I know you don't. I'm t- saying, too. I don't want you getting hit either. I don't Maybe either. John Cena of the Rock. That's all that's going to happen. Yeah, and blood everywhere. She's dead. All so, right, again, dude. I don't know what's going to happen in the and next backup. And she's a zombie. We are on the roads of zombies. So what, maybe we can bring how, her back from the dead. How about if she becomes zombie journalist? That'd be awesome. That's a new book coming out. It's a six-issue mini. Deb Donovan, zombie that's journalist. The thing, so we're just going to be like, you know, bringing back iZombie with Deb Donovan as the main character now? Maybe. Now, with that. She gets to the bottom just of the, everything by eating the brains of the dead so she gets the story she firsthand. She just got out of out of the hospital for half of the, the eye worm. This woman can't catch a break. Now, with that, um, just saying, if she is dead, I don't think she is, but Neither if she... I. But why was that interlude in connection with Vicky Vale, except maybe to pick up the story and continue with it? And to, because Vicky Vale's in it in a really odd way. Well, she the was idea in the last of Vicky issue Vale, as well. I know, but I'm saying it's really odd even continuing in this of, you know, even Jason at one time, I'll, I'll go to Vicky Vale with the story. But Deb's already talking to her, saying the story about should I follow it? I'm just not. happy that it we're bringing Vicky connection. Vale back into Gotham and doing stuff with the character where we have this Deb Donovan. I don't know why we're focusing on Deb Donovan instead of actually focusing all of it on Vicky Vale, which I'd rather have. But having this weird thing where they both work at the same place and have a weird camaraderie slash rivalry about stories and stuff like that. I kind of like that aspect, even though it doesn't mean anything in the long run. Plus, I mean, really, Vicky Vale's real pissed off, but not as pissed off as Dick Grayson at that dinner, or Bruce Wayne, what, or Jason This is what Tuck. all fancy people in Gotham look like. <laughs> look at them. It looks exactly like anybody 
But maybe Damien, he's too young. She doesn't go that. She's no guy kid. Uh, but yeah, at the end, though, uh, I'm telling you, she looks dead. She does. And again, like I said, I think this is just that weird setup. If we didn't know about Task Force Z or whatever, this would be real, real interesting. What's going on in the bodies? But we know Astrid Arkham is on the Task Force Z, and you kind of have to suspend the disbelief with that. But with that, I think it goes on a little bit too long. I it's do okay. want to know what happened to Astrid Arkham, though, because they talk about the idea that she faked her death because people aren't going to believe that, you know, Astrid's still alive and stuff like that. But but I want to know how she did die, though, because, like, you know, like what happened with this whole situation? Because I don't like I think, Astrid Arkham. I think they're still just going with the idea she died in a day. And then they're saying, you know, hey, she Probably. paid off some people and went up. I, I don't think that I, – <laughs> Don't think this is going to be as clever as we think, but we got to wait. We got to wait to see and whatnot. And, and really, I do like it better than the regular story. So I have to give it that. But overall, the art's good throughout. Um, but that stuff, the, the way that stuff ends, and I'd love to think that Mariko Tamaki was like, oh man, I didn't realize Fear State was coming up and we were involved. I got to tie these things up really quickly and do this. And I don't have any other ideas except possibly getting worms into the sewer. But that's what it seems. And so with that, I'm a 6.5 overall with this. What would you be? Yeah, I was going to go 6, but think about how much I like the backup and how the art in both the backup and main story the are both really amazing good. throughout this whole thing. I'm going to go to a 6.5 as well, but I don't want anybody to think that it was for the Detective Comics because so many things are just left open and like never resolved and say, okay, uh, we set up a and, lot of stuff, but, that's but we're what done keeps now. happening in the book. I mean, it's it's par for the course, the it idea is. of, it's disappointing. hey, why did she? Why? Why did? You Do you know, remember how Lady excited Clayface I was turns months into ago that. when that freaking when you saw Sarah Worth coming around the corner? I'm like, oh my god, what is going on here? I need to know more. Isn't and it funny that I that's what we thought and zombies, <laughs> and now we're going to actually get it from the backup? I mean, that's what you're going to get then. Uh, but yeah, like I said, when you end up Clayface. having Lady Clayface comes out, and like, why was she only able to turn into looking like Sarah Worth? Well, dude, I guess we'll never know. know it's like the licks of a lollipop in this book. Everything three they gems, ask, they're like, I don't know. One. <laughs> Just one big chump. Uh, but we'll move on to the next book. And uh, luckily, it's a book that I really enjoy, and I think you like as well. What is it, Aaron? It is Robin number 5, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gleb Melnikoff with Louis Guerrero and uh, Troy Petiri. It's a game of cat and mouse, or Robin and Robin, as our former Robins chase after Damian Wayne to try and get him to come home. And while this doesn't do much for the overall League of Lazarus tournament story, it's a great way to look at what Damian's dealing with while also giving us a nice Dick Grayson slash Damian Wayne moment. Beyond that, though, the tournament is about to begin, and Damian is ready to get his hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. with that, you get a bunch of fan service, stuff like that, but it's all, done well. All it's amazing, well, amazing fan service for nothing to add to the story, but the thing is... I, the thing is, it is all fan service. It takes up a large chunk of our book, but where we go by the end of it, and you know, Damien actually talking to Dick Grayson about what he's feeling, about him being there when Alfred dies, and him feeling guilty, and all this stuff, and then Dick Grayson just, and that's the thing is, it's the same, it's the same old song and dance though, but every time we have this, like, you're my Robin, every time though, I'm like, you know what? Just say it again. I want to hear it again. Keep on telling me because I love Eric, these two together. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Not when I said, it didn't play out well. That's not what I thought you were right. saying. I like the – and it doesn't play out as well just reading it. You uh, remember it at the deal, but it's pretty much Willy Wonka. Hey, stop. Don't yeah. go. And <laughs> that is so good. But it doesn't play out as well when it's you funny. don't I hear actually, it. I saw somebody do that, like this page or something like that on Twitter, and I was going to do that gif of Willy Wonka doing that. I didn't do it. Yeah, it, it, that's what it is. I mean, it's so good with that. And I even like when they come to dig and they're like, hey, where is he? Oh, he got away. He's too fast. Like, right. Yeah, right. But I'm telling you, 
you have either Dick Grayson or Damian Wayne say to one another, we were the best. I mean, it, it, it harkens back to when Damian died, when he said the last thing, hey, we were the best. You were my favorite. And right now, I almost get choked up just thinking about that. And then you have it in here. I started crying. I did. I'll admit it. Well, even this kid. whole bit when freaking, you know, we have the idea that on top of all this, you know, Dick has brought Damien a present and it's a thing that Alfred gave him. It was the handle of the trapeze that Dick had and it had in there carved on it versus the world. And Alfred had this made for Dick for when he went off to college. So about he knew that Dick would go and take on the world. And now he's going to give it to Damien because it's his time now. I'm like, that's some good ass shit. And the thing is, but the thing is, I'm like, I don't know what you were really coming here to do, Dick. Like, in your mind, were you always just going to let Damien go off and possibly murder people in a tournament? Or were we going to bring him home? Because this seems like a goodbye present or like a goodbye for now present. It, it kind of made me wonder because he's like, hey, and it's a nice moment. And, and really what I think that this issue is, you know, you said it has nothing really to do with the tournament. The tournament is just about to start. We have, you yeah. know, this magical you know, stadium or whatever. But I think that this is that last reminder that what Damien is doing here is wanting to bring back Alfred. He's at this League of Lazarus, all these things, trying to figure it out so that possibly he could bring back, and I think he will, by the end, bring back Alfred. I think that that's a great reminder of it. But when Dick gives him this the deal and it says versus the world, I, I don't know how Damien would take that. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, Damien versus the world's a little different than Dick Grace. He's going to slice he's everyone. He's going to burn it down. I, I'm like, he's like, I already was <laughs> versus the world, but thanks. Thanks for the reminder. But, it's, boy, when you so have weird, those though. two together oh, and have – This is the – and it's also the Damien. And this is why I'm giving full credit to Joshua Williamson because I was worried because a lot of people end up writing Damien as the brat, as the jerk. And, and you've seen that. But this is the Damien that you need to put an insert at a point. You're about to start a tournament where he's going to go after everyone and whatnot. So it's such a good moment to show that he is still a little kid. He loves his brothers and he has feelings. A lot of people think of him as a, you know, a robot. He's cold. Yeah. Yeah. And but he that's that's the exterior that he puts on. And when he starts crying and I'm telling you, (laughs) when he hugged Jason Todd, I thought to myself, that is the greatest because they never get along. And and in the whole brother scheme of things. not going to after this. The whole thing is like, that's the, it's the worst part of the book in my mind where the thing is, even though like Tim and uh, Steph do not get a lot of time here, we're just like, roof race. And the idea is like, you know, pretty much he evades Steph and Tim like pretty much immediately. And that's fine. You don't get a lot of play. But when you go and actually pretty much emotionally damage Jason Todd to the idea where you've got to give him a hug and try to bring him in. It's been like, this felt a little wrong to me where Jason is caught so off guard by Jason this that he's electrocuted. I think will laugh about it. I think that Jason will be like, oh, that bastard. But with that, when you have the, the Robins together like this, and, and Steph a lot of times hasn't been part of it, that's fine. The idea that, you know, you always have Damien and, and Dick, their best friends, they were Batman and Robin together, and you get that in this. But Jason, the problem is, is too alike, too much of the circumstances to be like Damien. Tim, I think that they're just too close to age, and you ended up having Damien take over for Tim. So, Dan, But it's always either Jason or, or Dick that you have the, the issues with, and it was really good, and I liked oh, the back idea, in the day, too. There was a lot of animosity between Tim and Damien for a long time. What happened if, yeah, yeah. And But even in this, they're like, oh, man, you sliced me, right? But you don't really have a lot. But it would have been funny. What happened if da- Damien's there and Dick gives him the president's tusks, tusk again? <laughs> they just keep handing it back and forth. But it kind of reminded me of that, too, where after Damien died, there was a present that arrived for Dick. 
after the death of this deal, hey, I got rid of your, you know, your big villain that you never was able to take care of. And when he ended up seeing this, when basically says, listen, we were all Batman's, but you were mine. It made me so cry. Good. It made me cry. It I'm was such you. a simple line that you don't really think about that connection you know, again. Is, and again, I've seen that line uh, several times. And because I said, like I said before, same old song and dance. I love that same old song and dance. I will, I will hear it every time that DC wants to do it. And it makes me think to myself, if you want to sell more Bat books, and I know you do, DC, because that's all you want to sell, it seems like. Why not? If, if, if Robin doesn't work out or even run it concurrently where it doesn't really matter, but have a Nightwing and Robin book where freaking – Damien and Dick are in Bloodhaven and just be Nightwing and Robin. And even if Tim wants to stay as Robin and Batman, you can do a Batman and Robin and yeah, have it all over. Book. Telling you, the idea that, you know, you end up having Dick talk about, hey, this is what Alfred gave God, me. God, I want those I two to be back together again. Yeah, I used to run away and he gave this to me versus the world. And that's where Damien, when he takes off his mask and starts crying and he says, I was there. I saw it, and and Dick know, really at this point, I saw you saw like it really, me. he's like I know, and they're there, and it's like that was part of my life, and it's it's so well done. The idea that I'm already starting to tear up because of Damien and what he went through, and again, this is that last reminder in my mind before you get to that tournament to really give you that oomph of what he's really fighting for. And I think that that's where Dick realizes. And maybe too. he's not a terrible monster from waving Teen Titans after killing Brother Blood. No, and that's and imprisoning kind of, villains you know, in a dungeon. Infinite Frontiers. I mean, they are trying to rehabilitate him as well. So I know <laughs> this is more of the rehabilitation of the deal. But I love it where he's like, you know, hey, Tim, Steph, Jason, we were all Robins to Bruce first. But you were my Robin. Which is the funniest thing to me because the thing is, I don't like Grant Morrison's Batman or Robin. I don't like when Dick took over Batman. I never felt it was like a, like, I don't like Dick as Batman. It bothered me for some reason. It never felt right with him as Batman to me. But I love these two together. That was the dynamic that kept me reading, even though I didn't care for the storyline to begin with. Yeah, and it was great. And it was the first, you know, you you were made to hate Damien because of how tough he was. Which then ended up making Tomasi's Batman and Robin even better, too. Uh, but with that, I love where Damien doesn't quite get it, too. He's like, well, you caught me. And I'm like, Damien, what? Are you going to stop? And he's like, "Did I, Damien, no, stop. Please I'll catch don't. you. Please don't. <sighs> he goes, what are you doing right now? Wink. <laughs> and he's like, Damien, please don't run. Wink, wink. Oh, and then that smile was so cool. And even just the smile when he jumps off with that baton deal and goes up and then they're like, hey, did you get him? Nope, he was too fast. Yeah, right. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but it, it was nice, right? But in the meantime, with that, oh, it's so funny. They're like, really, you wasted all our time here. But you end up during the all this at the island, at the, you know, League of Lazarus and the island. Lazarus uh, Island. They end up where we saw last issue. Look at that giant skull on the freaking, on that island right now. I don't know if we've seen it before, but I was just striking like, yeah, this island's haunted. I don't know why we, like, you know, it's Skull Island. Island. It might as well just be Skull Island. Yeah, where, where, where's the King Kong, sir? You end it's up the rat monkeys. with Ravager there, and she had been killed, and, you know, all of this. And so the tournament's going to begin. I, I just don't understand this whole thing. Everybody's here because, you know, we're going to do this tournament thing, and you die three times, and we resurrect you, and there's energy going places, but we, we resurrect a coliseum, a stadium for this tournament, like I'm telling you. They have all these magic. seats. I'm like, who, who is observing this that you need this many seats for anyway? Because it's essentially a coliseum. But when you look at the freaking symbol on the front where it's a giant demon face, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't be a part of this because I don't trust whatever this is. And even then they're like, yeah, your souls and the demons. I'm like, I'm out of here. But I mean, also I love. doing this. 
you have all these, you know, Lazarus priests and things, and this ties into the book that Damien was going after and all this exchange with the legal Lazarus and stuff like that. They start to use their magic. I'm like, you, you could have made something that wasn't so wrecked. I mean, I, I understand that you're going with a bit of a, uh, you know, old time yeah. motif, but it, it's all like in a shambles. And then, like you said, Let's then see, they're like, "Use your magic." Oh, hey, <laughs> I will use my magic on you, my friend. After this, uh, but yeah, you, you end up where it's all. So good. you're gonna yeah. woo me? <laughs> it's weird too because, and I guess that's what Josh Williamson said to some people. Like, hey, it's not gonna really get to the tournament till issue six. Yeah. So we're gonna get into it. It has been a bit of a while and all that. But even then, when it's like, okay, tournament on fight, I'm like, it, it, you don't have a bracket or anything. Oh, this was a round robin. Look, it's already immediately better than that new Mortal Kombat movie because at least they got to the oh tournament. My, well, that is true. That is shade. I just uh, I to tell you, just to tell you uh, <laughs> something too. Since we're talking about Dick Grayson, we said a bunch. The idea uh, I ended up doing a Secret Origins podcast on our feed here. Uh, anybody could listen that I put out on Friday. I can? Yeah, you can. Wow. I put it out on Friday, and it is the Secret Origins of the first Robin. And then I had in parentheses, but it's not Dick Grayson, right? But I had not Dick Grayson. You saw what I put there because it would not allow me. Podbean would not allow me to put Dick Grayson. The dick was always, it was blowing my mind. Like, it was driving me nuts. I'm well, like, how you what's put, going on? But it's not Richard Grayson. I, I, but that, I'm telling you, that's why I, I ended I, up putting, but it's not who you think. I'm like, what am I going to do? It just kept saying Grayson. That's a way Grayson. better title. It's a way better title than Dick it Grayson. It is. I just, you know, it was driving me nuts. I'm telling you, I took 50 minutes. Just, why did it sit great? And I, I actually published it as just the great. And then I went back. I'm like, Dick Grayson, boom. It's Grayson again. What's going on? So, yeah, I, I ended up changing it. But if you do see it on the Patreon, because I also put the Dick Grayson remained on there because I put that up first there. It was driving me nuts, Eric. But well, look, it's a good thing to do that because I need to have a bunch of edgy podcasts. But fuck you, you piece of shit for a title. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was not who you think because it was the Batman's, Eric. There's a spoiler uh, in a crazy issue. But with all of that was it the said Robin and King? done. No, it was not the Robin King, you but sure? maybe tied into you it. Sure That's what precursor? you said. You said it may be the way that that ties in. Maybe. Bruce was just obsessed with this local police officer who he was afraid would not accept him as young Bruce Wayne. So he dressed up as Robin. And I yeah. don't understand why that would be. And okay. we never understood it in the Robin King. <laughs> it is so funny. It's like, I don't know. I guess I'll train this kid. But the whole time they're playing cat and mouse back well, and that's forth. That's a cool story. Everybody yeah, should go and fun. check that out. It was it's pretty fun. It was a fun story. Especially um, but, if you, like me, and want to tie into the whole origin of the Robin yeah, King. Yeah, that's what you want to do. And it works. Uh, but yeah, with all of that. Now, the other thing, too, real quick. He makes the Robin custom, has the R, but never calls it Robin. And the detective does. Harvey Harris, I think of it. He and I'm like, why would the R be there already? It was very odd. Uh, but at the end, what what <laughs> would you give this? People off. It's so weird. You know what? Bruce doesn't start with the R. Perfect. Yeah, really. He was trying to throw him off. He was afraid that this guy would be able and the whole time the guy's trying to figure things out. He did, Eric, but he didn't reveal it until after his death. I really hope for this whole Bruce, like this whole Robin series going forward. Like once we get out of tournament country and stuff like that, and like go you know, do other things with the series, because I want to think it's an ongoing and it's not going to be canceled anytime soon. If you have a weird thing where you continue on with the side characters of Damian Wayne doing stuff, where you continue on with a Flatline and Connor Hawk all together, and maybe even Ravager, I like this weird. Like, you know, Robin-esque family. Not the Bat family, but this Robin family that Damon would keep with him as they went and do different Robin things. I think that could be cool. How dare you? How dare you? I would too. But 
before we tell our, before we tell, yeah, really. I mean, some people would be mad at you the way they talk about us, but I think now that Joshua Williamson is on the Batman book, I've said this before in, for a bunch of times in the Slack. If you I weren't sold before, you are now, huh? I think this goes till twelve issues, and Aww. then it's canceled because I think this is setting up Damien to go off into the Batman book. And I think that Why that's not one, Nightwing and, Robin? and one of the well, or the, whatever. I think that one of the things is the idea that Joshua Williamson is on like seventeen books. He's going to have to thin the and herd. The thing is, he's and never it makes written better. And it may. I know we're really liking him. When people were like, "Oh man, the Batman Joshua Williamson," that I'm like, "No, I'm in. I, I Look, really enjoy his writing." Now. Robin's probably going to be my book of the week this week. If it Frontier is regularly my book of the week, and I'm just saying, like everything he's putting out right now has been hitting hard, and I like what we're getting here. They're like that's why I'm so happy that he's on Batman because even that when he would come in and like you know guest write for Tom King, he that was the best part of that Batman run with was you know. Flash the and Batman Batman and the up. price were exactly. both really good. Yeah, we really like that. And we said it back then that we enjoyed that more because uh, this is my book of the week. I mean, spoiler alert. Eric. <gasps> uh, I'm giving it a nine. I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. And in that, you have to even think of the idea that usually these type of issues drive me nuts. But I think that this is one of those. Except where, for when you're the fan that's being serviced. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's not even that. Like the idea where. You have Tom, this Tom Taylor, bullshit. Tom like Taylor Nightwing is going to be the one that, but maybe it is just me. I mean, I'm giving my personal score, but Tom Taylor Nightwing, everybody's loving it, but he's singing the tune Service that everybody's me, you know, singing along, right? I already know all this stuff. Now with this, it's a you little know this different. As well. well, no, the problem is I think that not many people, most people know Dick Grayson's a good guy. That's what Tom Taylor's so. trying to show you. Damien, though, is different. People hate Damien. I mean, there are so many people who hate him. And this gives you, first off, does a good job of if you like Dick Grayson Nightwing, you're like, oh, my God, I love these two together or whatnot. But it shows you that this is a little kid. Before he goes and slices and dices everybody, you're reminded that he's he a little kid. Old, with, that's a little kid. Hey, dear. Look at him. He's like a newsie. He ends up where he has feelings, you know, and, and what he's doing with the idea of, well, we could either talk about this and have that emotions or he could talk to the alfred of the mind that probably think people are like he's insane this does a better job it'd be funny if afterwards dick grayson turns and high fives the ghost alfred boom right and they go off uh but i think that this man this entire time putting on a ruse it it was a ruse that was set up by dick grayson uh no, I I loved it. I, it's I actually that, that it was dead really man good. Dick Grayson from the Injustice Universe who crossed over the dimensions and now is teaming up with himself. Be awesome, right? That'd be awesome. And in that, it was Damien who killed him. So it all works out. Crazy. Right? I mean, it all works out. Um, but yeah, nine out of ten. Really like. I'm it. an um, eight out of ten myself. I think the art's really great. My reason for it being lower than you, which is still a high score in my mind with an eight out of ten, is I didn't like the way that we presented the Jason Todd stuff because it just felt like you know way out of place with the emotional freaking like uh, stuff that he's talking about. Jason Plush kind of just giving Tim and Steph to like slip like that. You need to have that Dick Grayson moment. It's great, but overall, with that, even though I really enjoyed what we got out of that. We didn't do much to really continue on with the story that we're doing. It was kind of a weird pause just to have this weird moment to like remind everybody, hey, the Bat Family was cool, huh? And Damien, he's not so bad either. No, and but I still I, enjoyed I, myself. Yeah. I thought that you'd really like it too because at that one point, Damien does say, listen, Tim around, is he listening? Oh, he's the okay. smartest, all right? He's the smartest. Damn and that, right he is. That's huge for Damien to and say. the thing I is, mean, again, but I was completely thrown off because I, well, no, the thing is, it's not a dupe in my mind because he is actually saying it in my mind. Jason is the most emotional just because he has so many issues, but I, I don't like the way this plays out and how Jason was thrown off. This felt weird, but is Steph the bravest? 
I, they have to say something. <laughs> really? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe I'm just I, not invested in spoiler enough here's for Batgirl. No, I, call her at this I point have a time, feeling like, that that's, Damien really has no She's connection. The now, here, would this have been better? Because actually, when you do see that, that hug, I actually took it that Damien really meant it. I, I really think that this is he like one of the Jason. best things. Yeah, because he has to. He has to get going. And I think that's almost like, you know, hey, buddy, I love you. Uh, zap. Um, if he would have turned and said. Zap. If he would have turned. Zap. Zap. If he would have turned and said, I'm so sorry. But I, have to, you know, and would that have made it better? Because I took it Does, as Jason the idea. Does down and say, I know? <laughs> yes. And then I cry Zap. again. I'm telling you, when I had some emotions when he ended up hugging him. But uh, then, yeah, then, then he zaps him. Zap. Where's Bart? Uh, it was that though? I thought in my mind it was an actual moment where you're seeing Damien because when he says, "Hey, you know, Tim's," he's really telling things from his heart, but he has to go. The idea that in my mind he's trying to bring Alfred back, he can't be stopped. They can't let them stop him. But he uses that as you know. Like he knows Damien really doesn't give a shit about Jason. He might as well just call him the trash can man every time I, he I, sees him. I know. I, I think that I, I don't know because they always play off the idea that they're the the bad boys and they always have to fight. And but bad do, boys can't get along with other bad no, boys. They can't. That's why you only have one in every boy band. You have two bad boys. It, it goes to hell. It you the can't whole have dynamic. That. It does. Then they don't know which one's going to rap in the middle. And set the hotel rooms on fire. These are things that really bring down a boy band. You yeah, know, you got to think about these things ahead of time. Uh, and so, if you think of the Robins as a boy band, because I can picture that completely Obviously. right now. Steph, uh, yeah, and girl. Steph there. I'm telling you, she's there. She's got a body like a man. She yells. This is it's now like boys, boys thirteen. It's boys thirteen now. And girl. they have one more band. But you end up uh, with Damien there. I, I think that that's legit. I, I think that he doesn't really want to do it, but he says he does. It had to be done, Jason. So right there, I think that he kind of gets upset that he had to do it, but he has to. He has to get going. Shoot him in the face with a rubber bullet, Jason. It'd be hilarious. He kills one last guy. Don't and let Damien manipulate you. Actually, if they want to really tie things in, it would be hilarious. If there's Jason, he's like, these are the type of people that do need to die. Damn you, Bruce. Uh, but it was cool. I, I really like I also like the idea that the only thing – that really pushes it towards Batman is the deal with, you know, Nightwing saying we were all his Robins, but you're mine. I like that they really didn't. Everybody's in awesome costumes Batman. here too, and we have Red Hood in that other that new costume, like the, not not the new costume, but the one that he had previously before this new one. It looks and like I he's wish, about to do like some, you know, some spray painting or something. I just right? wish that he would have been in his new costume now, awesome, besides man. that one, just so you could have this be a pristine moment for Maybe at least they me. Did that because you need the eyes open there. Right when the eyes wide open, isn't that what they call it? When he ends up where he gets hugged, isn't that like a key party? That means that's something that's ringing a bell. Or Stanley Kubrick. I don't know what's happening. Stanley Kubrick didn't tell me what uh, it was. Tom Cruise is doing all that wacky stuff. But yeah, they end up walking away. And then like, what do we tell Batman that his son is safe? I like it. I like that. You know, there you have Dick Grayson who's going to take all that, and Jason's still scratching his head. But also, we didn't mention, but there's some really good trash talk by Damien at the beginning when he's running away with crack me up. But with all of that, yeah, we're going to move on to the next section, which isn't me and you, Eric. It's not me and you. We're going to move on to a digital night, spotlight section. We're out of here. Where's my party over? <laughs> what do we say? Uh, but it's going to be Clay and Clay's digital a spotlight where he is going to be talking about, if I could find it, Eric, if I could, he's going to be talking about 
Icon and Rocket, and Mr. Miracle right about now. Hey, everybody, let me tell you all about NordVPN. And if you don't know what a VPN is, it's a virtual private network, and it gives you online privacy and anonymity by creating a private network from a public Internet connection. And VPNs master your IP address, so your online actions are virtually untraceable. Most important, VPN services establish secure and encrypted connections to provide greater privacy than even a secured Wi-Fi hotspot. You know you know what I'm saying? Like, if that went over your head, I'm going to tell you right now why you should get and use NordVPN and why I do myself. First off, you get NordVPN, and wherever you are around, you can access content from over 59 different countries all over the world by changing your virtual location with just one click. It really is that easy. And that means right now I can watch UK Netflix. And if I'm going to do that, I'm going to talk with a British accent, of course. And I'm going to say like, hey, I'm going to watch the Peaky Blinders early because I can do that now. I could yell to Tanya and say that. Or I could say, hey, I'm going to go to the UK Netflix so I can watch the Friends because Friends is still on the UK Netflix. It's awesome. You can end up opening the world to you now. If you don't care about talking like a, a Brit, and maybe you're already a Brit, or you're outside the United States, and this is where this is a game changer. If you're outside of the United States and you say are mad because DC promised everybody that that DC Infinite app would be worldwide. Oh, my God. Well, where is it? Well, it can now be right there in your lap because if you use NordVPN, you get on you put in the deal one click, you're seemingly living right next door to me in the United States without having to deal with me. And suddenly you're able to use and log in and all that to the DC Infinite app. And that's a game changer. And to test this, I ended up getting my man Luke Hollywood, you know, Mr. Leak Slip Ireland, Luke Hollywood. And he was able to do it. He ended up logging on. I ended up having to walk him through the steps, but not really. And I'm telling you, Luke Hollywood, not tech savvy. Not, I, I call him a lot of names. Tech savvy's not one of them. He was able to do it lickety split and ended up right away, of course, starting to read some Kyle Rayner stuff, but not volume three because that's not available. It never came out. But he was able to, from Ireland, go onto the DC Infinite app. And if you're outside the United States, I think that's a game changer. And if you travel from the United States outside and are kind of mad that you don't get this, you use it for that as well. But also, as an aside, as as a little added deal, if you use NordVPN, it also keeps your personal information and browsing histories away from hackers and people trying to peep in on you. People always trying to peep in on you. It's awesome. So go to NordVPN.com slash WeirdPod or use the code WeirdPod, one word, and you get 73% off of two-year plan plus four bonus months for free. Pretty awesome. It's about the cost of a cup of coffee each month to be able to access all of this stuff. But be quick because the offer is for a limited time only. And yeah, there's also a 30 day money back guarantee if NordVPN is not for you. So there's really no risk. And with that, there's no reason not to use it, not to give it a try. I'm telling you, give it a try. Go into the show notes. There'll be the address and the code, all of that stuff. But let's get back to the podcast.
Well, DC Comics, what you're telling me? Ends up being everything we don't see. I thought we left future state in the past. Possible future, possible my ass slow down. Future state's coming way too fast. You always promised me something, it ends up being nothing. Oh, how long is this gonna last? Well, you gave us two months of future state And turned the blind eye to most of the hate Infinite front is supposed to be great But all I keep seeing is the magistrates go down Future state's coming way too fast You always promised me something and ends up being nothing How long is this gonna last? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another installment of the Weird Science DC Digital Spotlight. Of course, I am your host, Clay. How are you guys doing? It is a little late tonight, but we only have two books to be talking about this week, one of them being Icon and Rocket number two, while the other is Mr. Miracle number four is it four yes four of six now we will jump right into this um out of the two they were they were both good reads um i can honestly say that the icon and rocket i don't know if i was just like not in the right mindset or maybe i was just attempting to read them too late but it took me a while to get in the mood of really sitting down and reading icon and rocket um, don't necessarily know why. Maybe it was because of the low, the, the slow start or whatnot. Either way, it was good. Um, it showed a little bit more of, uh, Icon's history, his background. Um, there is in fact an enemy that is starting to show himself that is from Icon's past, which I do find interesting, but I want to know why he's here or how he's here. We will get into that in just a second. Most of these recaps are going to be very, very quick. I think that's the best part about these um, digital spotlights is I can kind of just give you a rundown, but also be kind of vague because these digital, these that which were digital first, I think that the uh, milestone technically um, is a day and day, uh, same day on the DC Universe app. So if you do not... Uh, have the ability to purchase them uh, via Comixology or on uh, or physical at your local comic book shop, but you have a DC Universe app, you can read these um, when they become available, um, which would be that same day on those Tuesdays that they drop with the rest of the DC books. So um, here is just basically we left off last issue with Icon and Rocket kind of agreeing that they were going to help clean up the city. They were going to be superheroes. And that's exactly what they're starting to do. I really love Rocket's get up here, her her little band across her, her, her little headband, her freaking glasses, goggles, whatever you want to call them. 
She is using Icon's technology to really be a superhero. She doesn't really have any powers of her own. And I love how strong they kind of make her in this sense with using the technology. She was able to grab hold of an actual grenade and let it blow up right inside of her hands. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and I don't necessarily need to know how she's able to do that with the technology. Just the fact that I saw it and then they were like, oh, yeah, this is his technology from his home planet, whatever. Um, it was still cool. Like this genuinely, I didn't really think of anything hardcore as far as like, uh, could it really happen realistically or anything like that? I'm just emerged into this world and I absolutely love it. Um, but Icon and Rocket are cleaning up the city. Uh, there's a whole bunch of gangs that are basically like, hey, we can't let them do this. You know, they're going to run us out of this town, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the city, it's really cool because it looks like this neighborhood in particular. Um, people actually know the identities of both Icon and Rocket. And they they will not give them up. Um, we have seen, like in the very beginning of the issue, there was... Uh, social uh not social media uh the media whether it be newscast or whatnot um interviewing people they said they're not snitching um some of the gang members are attempting to attack i believe it's rocket's mother and then like you see a priest and all these other people like hey you're not gonna harm her we are in support of icon and rocket and you're you're not gonna you're you're not gonna hurt them in any way. And then there's like false promises of like you can't watch over her forever, blah 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 blah. But we do see uh I can't remember his name. I can't remember Icon's name actually off the top of my head. Um when I see here, who is it? It is the office of uh Augustus Freeman, that's that's who uh, Icon is. So Freeman's office, I think he is an attorney. So we see that his secretary knows who he is as far as like he's an alien and they know that he is Icon. And it's, it's a very weird, like I will say that is very weird and like they're very vague on like how they know and whatnot. But the secretary meets up with this individual named Benedict Lord, which is from Icon's past, so much so, um, tells this story about how Icon basically freed all of these slaves on this plantation and like how people were not okay with it. So they came about, you know, with their pitchforks and torches and they're, you know, try to, they're going to basically kill Icon. And the next thing you know, they see this man just floating up in the sky with these red hot, you know, eyes and freaking uh, Freeman actually like kills Jefferson Davis. That's what they're putting in this continuity. I thought that was really, really interesting. And then as soon as that happens, freaking Freeman has this giant like, I don't know if it's a stake, spear, whatnot into his chest through the back and it was in fact benedict lord that killed him but apparently of course he did not kill him and he wants to know how and he is out for blood like freeman is out to kill him um really really good read 
I really enjoy the art here. I'm I'm 100% in. I want to know more. This book, uh, there was some panels that did not really work out for me. The panel progression on some of these were not great, but it still kept me interested in the fact of like, I want to know more about these characters. I want to know more about Icon. Um, this is a solid 8.5 for me. Um, just with the little nitpicks on some of the panels on the art and the and the panel progression, everything else was really, really good. There's this lawyer that comes to basically the aid of uh, Rocket's uh, mother and her, and like she's really tall, and they kind of like, I think they're kind of playing at the fact that this is Freeman, but like shapeshift into this woman, and they're like, oh, you know, you must be an amazon you're so tall you have broad shoulders blah, blah blah i i'm not entirely sure i'm interested to see who it might be but it, it's it's got my attention so far i really do enjoy it so i will go ahead and give icon and rocket number two an eight did i say eight or a four you know i'm gonna go eight five i'm gonna go an eight five that was really really good Let's move on to Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom, four of six. We only have two issues left after this. We are met up again with uh, Aberon along with the agent of Mr. Miracle. And this is basically just like the history of the prior Mr. Miracle. Um, his name escapes me, but. Uh, Vito, of course, being the uh, the the agent of Mister Miracle. This, though, uh, oh shoot, what was his name again? Oh, Thaddeus. That's who Thaddeus was. The uh, Mister Miracle before um, the one we have currently. Um, I am forgetting everyone's name. It wouldn't be a digital spotlight if I, you know, actually remembered everybody's names that would just be ridiculous right so um thaddeus of course is uh the prior mr miracle and we're learning more about him there's this old like movie reel like old school showing the history of thaddeus as mr miracle how he got into possession of a mother box how he used it to save him and his aunt from uh, the KKK and it evolved over time into him like becoming a Hollywood star and like becoming a magician of some sort and all of this other stuff. He eventually gets married and then the truth comes out that he is in fact the grandfather of the current Mr. Miracle. That was like the big reveal here. Uh, Shiloh is, of course, the uh, the current Mr. Miracle. And it's like this big thing. And you're like, OK, well, so what what is going on? Like you, you start to learn that they had uh, they had children. Like, what does all this mean? Right. Well, it looks like Shiloh accidentally was messing with a mother box, which, you know, Thaddeus does like say how upset he was at the fact that he left the mother box out for people to mess with. Um, we don't understand why exactly it was out, but it was. And 
Shiloh just pressed a few buttons and basically made his parents, Thaddeus's, you know, daughter, um, disappear. It, it, it boom tubed them out and he tried to track down the signature of the boom tube. He never was able to. Um, and yeah, he, he basically throughout this entire issue, it's more of like, like Thaddeus is talking to Shiloh. He's like, Hey, if you've if if you're watching this, you probably found my ashes, blah, 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 blah. So then it becomes this whole thing about like, hey, you need to know the secret the secrets of Mr. Miracle. The first secret is like loving thyself, basically, and getting to like basically knowing yourself in order to know your full potential as the, you know, mantle of Mr. Miracle. Um, when he is able to do that, Shiloh gets this awesome new suit, which was, of course, the suit that Thaddeus was wearing back in the flashbacks and everything. And, uh, Oberon, uh, in a weird, like, there's this weird panel where, like, he, like, throughout this entire issue, he's, like, helping him. But near the end, he kind of seems like, yeah, whatever, kid, like, you, whoop-de-doo, you found your, you know, you, you get to know yourself, whatever. And he's like, oh, well, um, I think I know where never is headed and you're not going to like it. And at the end of the book, the very last page, it says the source of freedom next new gods, uh, uh, new gods, old world. I was like, I can't even read that. Oh my gosh. It is getting a, like I said, it's a little late, uh, but it does have Orion on the last page. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, it's been a while since I've read a New God story. Uh, well, not really. I guess it, it was the last deceased book. But either way, really, really excited about this. Um, overall, the art was really good. Nothing really to complain about there. I've always really dug this art. It was the story progression with the other issues that I really had a problem with. This one, it gave me the background that I think I really needed to know who this character was in like what what's I kind of lost my train of thought there it, it it gave me the background that I needed from Shiloh and Thaddeus in relation to the Mr. Miracle mantle and I'm digging it. I actually really really dig it um I don't like this one as much as I did the uh the icon and rocket but it's still really on par. I would give this one a flat 8.0. Um, great art, great story, great background, and something really good to look forward to in the new gods. So, yeah, that is it for this digital spotlight. Of course, you can always find me at Fanboy Clay on Twitter. Linktree should be in the description of this episode, of course. Go find me on any of my other shows and of course we will see you guys next week Jim rings the bell this means Shay's reviews are going well Jim rings the bell the wolf man Jim rings the bell Eric Shea's reviews are all the bomb Eric 
takes the ball And the chase recaps are red Without a single misstep Ring the bell I like the killing Ah, yes, we're back, Eric. We're back. We're at Remix. Back on the attack. 2021 Remix here for the super section of books. It's funny. It's a 2021 Remix of stuff from years ago. Exactly, Eric. But I remixed it now. Just now I did that. I don't know if you realize that, Eric. That was live. (gasps) That Remix. That's how good it was. It was like we were at Coachella, right? Or the Burning Man. And they're mixing and scratching, right? Really, I'm I'm like mixing up my stab and scratching my back. I get itchy. I don't know. I'm itching for a scratch, Eric. Uh, but we're here with the super section, like we said. And th- there's just one little thing that we're I kind of like having a super just, section now that you said I that. I do. I like it. But there's one one little thing. This Midnighter backup is, is killing me. I think it's also killing the idea of the action comics book where you end up where most people are probably not even buying it, right? Or well, reading it. Well, right now, action comics is kind of a slow story to try to build up what it's doing. It's playing a really long game, but then you have an extra dollar added on to it for like, you're not moving very far for the major, but then you're paying an extra dollar for this midnight thing that's a tie in the future state and what we hope. Just hope ties in the Superman and the Authority to make that make a little bit more sense. But ultimately, it's like, you're not doing Ashen Comics any favors right now. No, you're not. And so when you review it, you review it as a whole, and it does bring uh-huh. down the score. And I said to you that the greatest thing about having what we're going to have next week is a Midnighter Annual. I mean, seriously, Midnighter when annual. that comes out at you, least... We have a Midnighter Annual. don't even have a Midnighter book. I know. It, and, well, we'll have a, J, a JLD Annual coming up the next annuals month, I think November. That actually, I don't know why that makes more sense to me, because at least it was a book and whatnot, but... Midnighter, are, Action Comics isn't selling great. I'll tell you, the, the sales for June and July, we actually got sales numbers. It's not selling great. And so with that, do they think that all of those sales are all for Midnighter? That it, it's nonsense. And so when it, I said the best thing about having that annual, you'll finally be able to give that thing its own score. And I do not expect your score it's to be very big. It's almost over. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Is Michael um, Avon Oming freaking uh, drawing that one as well? Do you know? Probably, Eric. Probably. probably, yeah. Now, to go back to what you said, you end up adding a dollar or whatever. I don't mind the added dollar. You know, look at me. Money bags. Money bags, right? <laughs> now, what I'm saying is, do like you do in Green Lantern. You are saying that this story, it needs some more space. It needs some more, you know, going forward and things. So take that stupid Midnighter out and give us more action comics. Give us Seriously. more of the story because it is a big story going. It's intriguing. It a lot just of different always facets, ends. facets of stuff going on right now, and also possibly tying in the Superman and the Authority, which exactly. we hope. Yeah, There's and a lot of stuff going on. Every we're not time I read, very fast. I'm reading, and then I get to that Midnight Rebecca. I'm like, oh man, I was, I was kind of just getting into the action comics, and we didn't resolve anything. And that's my biggest problem with this issue. I like it. I think that it's pretty cool. It's setting up some things, but that's all it ever ends up being able to do. It needs some more space with the big story of it. And uh, let's hear what you say. Action Comics number 1034, written by Phil Kennedy Johnson, with a backup by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Christian Doucet, Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp, with the backup art of Michael Avon Oming and Taki Soma. Superman's done with the Atlanteans and the United States government being children, so he goes and does probably the worst thing he could do and just takes a piece of source for himself, making enemies not only on both fronts, but of Aquaman as well. Back in the Fortress of Solitude, Lois battles it out with Mongol's forces, but it looks like her biggest problem might be the refugee Thala, plus a Midnighter backup. 
Yeah, yeah, and then they're back up. We'll get to that. But yeah, Thalla ends Maybe. up even at the point where she does kind of turn on him. She has to do something. She's got to do the Mongols' will, man. She does. And she even says, you know, I'm sorry, I wanted to be like you. She ain't breaking man, them but, chains. She yeah, loves really. them chains. Yeah, a lot of chains talk. Like the two chains. Remember two chains that rapper? You no. end up where <laughs> you end up having this going on, Lois. Is trying to step forward and do things, whatnot, and you end up having those other refugees that they're going to kill them. All this stuff going on, like they you said, straight up murder those refugees yeah. that are in a coma right now, except for Thalo, which is just like I'm telling you, picks these these bodies up that are essentially sleeping, picks them up by their shirt collars, yeah. tough guy, slams right? their heads together. I'm like, oh yeah, they're dead now. But again, it's such a weird idea because I don't know how it works since these are these like offshoot of Kryptonian where Thalo is experiencing, you know, powers manifesting and stuff like that. Even though these guys are in a coma would it be they be more invulnerable and maybe not be completely dead because just getting their heads slammed together by this mongol monster maybe because they're they're asleep eric they i i don't know but yeah they end up getting destroyed but she freaks out yeah they did and ends up just like obliterating them as well but the problem being is that you know she has no choice she says it she says it to lois she's upset i'm sorry but i don't have any choice now with that all this going on you end up having the fortress kind of being, you know, what do you call it? It's uh, you can't hear or anything. You end up having like a a cancellation. Oh, right, on. right. I'm trying yeah, to yeah. think of what the a word jamming is. Device. Jam, a jamming device. Yeah, a jamming device, whatever. So with that, a Superman is not going to be able to hear. You end up where, you know, they even say like, oh, your mate isn't going to hear you. You're going to go down all that, which seems to continue then as Superman. Which is just one of those like to... very convenient things. Like, and is that all based off of that, that uh, like that glowing blue device that that dude has because it's such a weird idea because like i don't understand like i'm telling you i want to like action comics more than i do but there's just a lot of things going on right now which feel like they're supposed to be big like the idea the piece of the source that came with the ship of the refugees from war world and now we have these people show up to take on thala because mongols are like oh god damn that kryptonian bitch didn't go and do what i did here do me a favor Rip this guy's chest open, pull out a glowing blue device, and then teleport into the fortress of solitude and talk about how you wish it was you that was here to kill Superman. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing or why or how, honestly, at this point in time, but you're continuing on with the game, so kudos to you. You're not letting go. Yeah, you're not letting go. Like you said, this thing is like the MacGuffin here that's going to do everything that does seem to be able to cloak is what I wanted to say. That's it cloaks the fortress, so... That they can't end up here and whatnot. But (laughs) even with that, you have a lot of that continuing talk of he who holds all the chains and stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. Uh, But yeah, with all that going on, you also have Superman, you know, stepping between. Like, you know, even when the guy's about who would dare betray he who holds all the chains, knowing that he watches us from across the stars, which is true. Somehow Mongo is watching what is going on in the Fortress of Solitude, and I don't understand where these camera angles are coming Again, from. Again, maybe it's from that glow. <laughs> I don't know. So all this is going on. Superman is basically like, hey, listen, you know, Atlantis versus the United States, the service world. I think you're both wrong. He's pretty much going to take their ball and go home so that they can't play, but that's not going to work. Because they're already, you know, at the 
they're already going to start war with each other. They're already pissed. Well, it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis going on at this one point where the idea is like if anybody comes and crosses this line in the ocean, which is, you know, a shipping lane for all goods and stuff going on at this point. I mean, this is why the DC stuff's delayed, Eric, because these shipping lanes in the ports. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Atlantis. Yeah, really. Thanks a lot. The idea, like, Atlantis are just being dicks. Like, hey, we know this is a normal shipping route where all your stuff comes in. Anybody crosses this bitch, war is started. Like, goddamn, Superman is just dumb with this shit. I'm going to freaking create a goddamn ice barrier here and I'm just going to go down and against Aquaman's wishes so you please don't you know this is going to be bad for both of us just goes and takes the piece of source because he's tired of seeing these assholes in the ocean just holding things up he's all about that capitalism how can we get shit sold if it's not coming in yeah, and, and also with Truth, that justice and capitalism he, he comes out of the ocean with this and I know his play is, I'm taking this. This is from War World. I'm taking it back. It's too much power for all of you. It's I'm so gonna... funny to go into the idea of Superman, Son of Kal-El, and next one. So when John's like, Dad, why don't you do more? Man, I just started a war yeah, like, really. with, with World two nations. War III just happened. I'm not getting involved with anything else. But <laughs> but with that, it almost feels like it's, it's too surface level in my mind to, like, strip. first off, you're not getting any idea where Aquaman says, if you do this, we're never going to be the same between us. I think that's way over. And I think that Superman would try to talk to Aquaman and say, listen, dude, like, first off, you had dude. Aquaman saying, dude, I'm not even part of it. You know, I'm not well, the king anymore. He's thing. down like, there. What, so. what is Aquaman? I, I know that they're going to come to him because he's like the former king. And it's, exactly. King, but, but it seems weird that he is like, you know, a part of this at all, even has any kind of stake this is in what it I'm because saying he doesn't with want the to have a part of it. Thing. He's down there. He's part I wish that Superman would go to him and say, and he kind of did, but didn't. And the idea, listen, you know, shit's gone bad again. This is, you know, you're going to be looked at bad, even if you're not involved. Can you be an emissary for the Justice League? This feels like, I know that Batman, everybody said, we're not going to War World. We have other things. But this still feels like this here with the source, it feels like a Justice League thing that they would come in and say, everybody calm down. Well, even Back Aquaman's off. like, I thought it would be Bruce who would come and try yeah, to take this for yeah. himself. The but idea that the, idea the hero should be involved. It, you know what I mean? But even the idea of you coming and take it, it should have been Aquaman through this whole thing saying and working, trying to convince Atlantis to calm down, everybody. We're going to take this and we'll all figure it out. Let's figure it out as a world. Shut all these up. things. But you don't have that. Superman just comes. Yikes, well, that's the thing out. is to like the idea when Superman does come down. He's like, I thought it would be Bruce. I might not be able to stop you, Clark. But if you do, it's going to change things between us. And then you just see Superman come out of the ocean. When I'm thinking to myself, how cool would it have been to see a fight between Aquaman and Superman going on right now? But no, you don't get to see that. And I'm like, Maybe that's for the best where you don't want to see these guys fight because they are friends, even though they, but you think Aquaman would try to stop Clark, even though it's inevitable, but you something you kind of want to see in my mind. But this is what, what I'm saying. You have an opportunity. I wish we had more room for it as well. Like we said earlier, but Aquaman's saying like, listen, like even have Aquaman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop it a minute. I'm not the king of Atlantis anymore, but I'm trying to figure this out. I can talk to, and Superman, no, we don't have time, whatever. I would even like to see the Justice League kind of tear to you know torn apart a little with this the idea also you're not playing with the idea that you have say service world say to you know superman oh you're an alien well why are you involved because he has his identity get out, out of here you're healthy and landings would then take it as you grew up in the united states you're too and it would Quiet play down off service the, it would be cool too it would play off that idea Back in the past where all of a sudden people are like, why is why is he so centered in the U.S.? And why? So I, I think that there's something to play with here, but it's just 
hey, they're not going to be the same between us, Superman, if you take it. All right, I'm taking it. So well, there's an aspect to this whole thing that I think is kind of cool. It's almost playing on the aspect of, like, you know, either Mongo's getting what he wants or the paranoia of Superman saying, like, this came to us from War World. Do not let Mongo and his freaking nonsense tear us apart because this could be what he wants this entire time. It can only be here to bring, you know, a shiny object for nations to fight over, which is going on right now, which is a cool concept. But I also kind of want it to be a weird play where everyone's like, oh, you're crazy, Superman, where he's just paranoid that Mongo's going to get the better of him. But it's all what Mongo wants to do. Kara says you just made a big mistake. And then she's like, I got to get going because I got to help this girl on my birthday. It would be cool. And then John's kind of like stuck in there as well. But I mean, there's not anything in my mind here, even with Aquaman saying, if you take it, we're never going to be the same. It seems like it's skewed too much to be mad at Superman. And you've completely forgotten the idea that most of the time and not even playing with most of the time anyway. That Superman coming down here, he doesn't usually do this. So if he does, oh, my God, let's take a step back and, and see what he has to say. He's all mad. Everybody's yelling. There's missiles going everywhere. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, this is, a- this is the, like, you know, I don't Atlantis is going to go back underwater and just fuck off for a while. But I'm like, I want the United States of America to make Superman public enemy number one. Well, they may. And and then he gets off. He goes to War World with and that. And now butt. the dumbass is giving everybody his identity, so there's no place to hide except for the Anto. Or, or actually, no, we're freaking the uh, the Arctic Circle. Yeah. So, like, where's the rest of the Just League? Why aren't they getting? I know they don't want to get involved in, but show that. Show the idea where Wonder Woman says to Batman, "We got to get going." Well, Wonder Woman isn't there, but have you know somebody? We got to get going. Like some? No, no, no. We can't get involved. But you see, Superman. He's he's mucking it up the way he's doing it, the way they're reacting, and it just. I don't know. It just felt forced towards the idea of Superman bad. Well, it's kind Aquaman, of funny, too. like, I'm going to get you if you take this. It, it's too much. Well, and then Kara throws shade at him. Let's continue our path down this with where things would go. Superman just did something that's going to cause a big problem for the entire Superman family, who he's revealed their the identities to the world to now. But now, like, all right, son, you're Superman now. I'm going to go off like, why are you leaving all this on my lap, Dad? <laughs> This really feels like all of the Superman stuff. It's not just I'm going to go back to War World. I think that this is going to be a play that's very similar to what the 5G was supposed to be. You had 5G where Superman was going to get pissed off and leave Earth because well, everybody hated people him. hated him. I think that that's what we're getting again. I think that that's all this well, is to set you up. Look, everybody it seems hates like 5G Superman. is coming no matter what now I mean, in a different way. And the weird thing is it's almost like it's sneaking in the back door and nobody seems to be guarding it and knowing because the same people are saying, oh, that 5G sounded so terrible. Are, are applauding everything. This is, and, and we would have gotten this a little earlier. So no. the idea that I think that this is just going to keep setting up with Kara even going against him, that's ridiculous. I think that I'm all just this is set up. I'm going to stop waiting to see, waiting for Owen Mercer to make his way back, and all of a sudden he's in the flashbook. Yeah, I, I really think that all, yeah, really. I mean, if we see, you end up where it's just to me, this is world hates Superman. Superman goes off the war world and takes care of that. And then. In a way, down the line, you show that people, oh, my God, we made a big mistake. We need Superman back. And then he comes back. But I think that right we got now, Superman it Jr. does here. also, we again, the real thing. me and you talked on the spotlight, I guess it was, like two weeks ago, when we had Superman and the authority. Yeah. This just continues this idea that nobody that, no, that is down with podcast, Was it? it? Uh, no, I think Pretty it sure was. was. I thought it was on the uh, spotlight. But maybe. maybe. The idea, though, is that Superman, you know, who does he have to have his back? He may then have to go to people that he wouldn't normally do, like we see in Superman and the Authority. 
So it makes sense. Or he the way might have to come back out. in time and get people he can't well, even normally then, hang out with. It's just because the, the he's idea. Back in time. Yeah, because well, nobody cares about him. It just feels like that push before the idea. And just to get the whole deal, Superman revealing his identity. Brian Michael Bendis. Then you have that email that comes from across the galaxy where they end up filming Superman. I speak for Earth. Everybody flips out. Superman leaves. And that was when John then bottles up Metropolis to be his own fortress because he's mad at the world for being mad at his dad. We kind of get this mix in with the future state into this. But now we have John as Superman. So it's yeah. all coming back. And, and uh, also Jace taking over for Gotham while Bruce leaves Gotham during yeah, his own book. Yeah, yeah exactly. So we, we have all that going on. Kara's mad, but that's when John steps in and says, hey, uh, something's wrong. Like, I don't hear anything at the fortress. Like, yeah, I either they're being blocked out or something else. Or dead. something, or they're dead. Be- oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and they zip over, and you see just destruction. And that's where we do end with Thalo has lost by the see- neck. How great this chains that she has, because you get more chains for every battle that you win on War World. So Thala has a decent amount. I know she's getting power. She doesn't have a lot of power yet, but I, for the next issue, I want to see Superboy versus Thala going on. Because you see John and her going toe-to-toe because she has Lois Lane by the throat right there. I want to see that. But there's a lot of battles, apparently, I want to see in action comics. We need to up the ante with the action portion. Like, let's see Superman and Aquaman battle it out. See Thala and Superboy battle it out. I just want to see a lot of battles, apparently. Yeah, battles, battles. But yeah, it's the idea. It's it's cool. I just match my action figures together. Yeah, really. I I just need a little more, and then you go to the Midnighter backup, and And that's the worst part because this this action comic stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. It freaking flies by as you're reading it, and then you get to the Midnighter stuff, and for some reason, the backup feels longer than the front up, and I don't understand because nothing is going on. It's just Shiloh, Norman, and and uh, Midnighter making their way through Trojan Solutions fighting and killing people over and over again to get to the mother box and just have this whole thing where they talk about, you know, who they are and stuff like that for waiting for Apollo to show up at the end to save the day. But I'm like, it's just leading to another big fight between Tro- to Andre Trojan of the past and his freaking his motorcycle monster man oh, or whatever it is. You, we don't even get those guys that much in here. So I need that. At least we have I fun don't with see that. that. There's, there's one little nothing thing with of it. this. Yeah, there's one little. But even that you end up. Where it's just a continuous deal where Midnighter, or Mid- yeah, Midnighter's going and you end up having Shiloh just open doors. And then, oh, it's open doors. And, and it's then just you end thing up where Andre Trojan of the mind, of the mind talking keeps to talking Midnighter, crap. Saying yeah. the same stuff over same and over thing. again. Shut up. Yeah, I don't shut think up. that. It's always that. It, it just is, it's devolved to that of even like, hey, watch out, Mr. Miracle. You know, Andre Trojan's going to end up trying to dupe us. I don't do that. Shut up. That's all it is through the deal. Oh, man, look at him. He can pick a lock. Yeah, really. Yep. He's the master of lock picking. We're, we're back to the original Resident Evil here. Good. Yeah, so at the end, then, Apollo shows up, and oh, boy. And we go off to this annual to finish things, and seriously. I'm just so happy. Even Who's though it could be a crappy book. Annual? I'm so happy that we're. Oh, it's over, though. I, I want to get back to some kind of semblance of normalcy in action comics where I don't have to deal with future state midnighters, bootstrap paradox bullshit, and I just want to see some action. And Andre Trojan's freaking monstrosity motorcycles and tanks. Nonsense. I love the idea. I love what he keeps saying. 
come on, all you flashbacks. You have to come and evolve. I'm like, no way is that evolving. (laughs) I'm telling you, you know what I got to do? Because I have a lot of, like, you know, liquid latex that I've kept around for different stuff. I need to go into, like, you know, make a mold of this, like, you know, different mask and face stuff like that for, like, just to make it look like a flesh mask kind of thing. I'm just going to start putting it, like, you know, painting it up afterwards, but putting it on random appliances in my house and taking pictures. I'm the Andre Trojans. That'd be great. Here's Andre Trojans making the toast. Ah, the toaster's alive. It's just my, here's my microwave with just the face on the again, front. There's the toaster you put. The refrigerator. The toast is done, sir. It's like crazy. On the, fr- on the front of Jess's car, I'm going to have a stretched out face. Again. <laughs> I don't know why I have to do the you whole thing. You know what deal. the thing is, it's going to be a lot of work, but maybe it should be for like, just to put it on the website or on the Twitter. That'd be I think so it'd be funny. funny. Because, It'd be so funny. And the thing is, nobody would know what the hell we're talking about because nobody cares about Andre Trojan. I would laugh. I would laugh so much at that. Send it to W. Conrad and Becky Clone. And here you go. Here's your monstra. I have to get a new uh, microwave. Our microwave broke. I have to get a new one. Maybe Andre Trojan will have one for me in a freaking crazy face. Hey, are you making the pork potatoes? I don't I can't talk better. Uh, I don't. Because it can. It's a monstrosity. Those faces are so stretched. They're awful. Looks like you could like play tribal drums on them or something. So you're telling me as they talk like people who just get out of plastic surgery and have a facelift? Damn right. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> like, what's going on there? William it's Shatner? All stretched and freaking right, William you know, Shatner? Is no. Good? He no. Didn't, he did not. Maybe I he did. I don't know. I'm not a book static. I don't know, Eric. I don't know. Hey there, Spock. Is that a good one? I'm just Spock. Trying to, I, I'm just trying to get Stork in, in with me. <laughs> Ah, it's nonsense. What'd you give this overall, though? (laughs) Overall, even with the crappy Midnighter backup, I like what Action Comics is doing. I just wish it would do more of it with each issue because I do think the source idea is kind of cool. I think the style law and everything going to War World, it's a cool new take on it, even though I don't agree with him whenever he adds the idea that Mongo is a war zoom because Brian Michael Bendis fucked up and he went with it. It It bothers me, but... I like what we're doing. We're just not getting enough of it. And the Midnighter stuff just sucks. But the art for the super, the action comic section looks great all the way through. I don't care for the Midnighter. I like the story. The art's not good either. And I don't care about it. But I gave it a 6.9 out of 10. I'm going to go 7 out of 10. A little higher. But I 7 couldn't, out of 10. Just because we didn't get enough. I know. It just felt like really kind of rushed at times. I, I, if you don't end up just doing that Green Lantern deal where you just extend the story or whatever, I think that this book, what it does need, once this Midnighter's done now, don't have a backup. You know, the book is not it's not selling well. Get that dollar less. Get people because it's it's not bad enough to not Don't sell the way it Jimmy is. Olsen you know one? what I mean? No. No, <laughs> nonsense. All that stuff is nonsense. Get this book in people's hands. And then that's the thing that gets me is you come out of the gate here and you already get the oh, it's that much money in the bag. I don't really like the bag. Like start with just the story. Get it three ninety nine. Then later, once things are hitting and everybody's buying the stuff, then add a backup. You didn't have to do it right away. And I think that it's that that price point is making people very particular with the books it's they do. It's got a weird and pacing issue too throughout it, it the story. It does have a weird. But again, then you get the back, and you're like, oh my god. Then on top of that, er, you put it out with the hot new book, Superman: Son of Kal El, the same week. That is Stupid. a really don't make bad play. That don't because they're gonna pick Tom Taylor's. You know, John book over well, that hot, in my the, mind. It's the, the hotness. Hot thing. It is the new hotness. And you're going to want to get that because you can jump on the, the, just the idea. Also, just think this book, you're starting out, you know, number one, number two, whatever. Even the numbering is going to throw some people off with the legacy number of action comics. So if you allow them to jump on, they'll, I'll get my Superman stuff through John. In we go. 
And right now, I mean, I like it a little better, but both should be read. Give it a dollar less. But what is the next book? Superman, Son of Kal-El, number two, written by Tom Taylor, with art by John Timms, Gabe Altiev, and Dave Sharp. John Ken is trying to figure out who he's going to be, and it's too bad that in that discovery, he has to give up his new secret identity immediately because people needed saving. It's also too bad that it looks like John's going to go down a path of discovery with Damian Wayne's truth-slash-conspiracy-theory podcast host because you know you can't trust people with podcasts. That is true, Eric. They just talk out their ass. It's, the thing, it's not even a time. podcast about Biden, but I just wanted to make that joke. Yeah, no, that's I what don't it give is. two shits, girl. That's what happens, Eric, when they hear that. We got the truth deal here. And yeah, at first I didn't like that idea. <laughs> I can't wait till Lois finds out. What, like, what, what is are this you mask watching? That this guy is wearing the truth. What is this fucking thing? Like, it's like a like. Is, is he supposed to be like a chameleon? Like half his face? Maybe. It looks weird. Like one of those it looks weird like it's like falling apart or something. It's very odd. Uh, but yeah, John gets this new identity. Tom Taylor was pushing it on Twitter. Oh my God, you get this. You get it for three pages because. Finn Connors. Just the idea, the though. The worst it, name ever. It is bad. Um, now, Oracle and Batman seemingly set this up. And poor Batman, he doesn't have that much money now. And it lasts a day. He's like, really? Like all this work we had, even Superman says. Like, oh, we'll check that out. But you did good. I just didn't like the play. This is, again, this is the idea where it didn't, it didn't, it rubbed me a little wrong, the idea of a shooter here at the school. It's like so over the top because you need it to be, but it ends up, I don't know. I, I never it once just thought about it being way. something wrong just because it's something that could happen. I know it could, but it's just, I don't, I don't know. It just felt wrong that. I was you in go, school during Columbine. This shit happens, know, Jim. Yeah, during Columbine. I'm saying you just have this here where it just so happens that the worst of the worst thing can happen. It's basically kicking a dog and smacking a baby here where John does stop this guy. But then it kind of just gets pushed aside. I mean, well, this that's is the thing. A is it does get pushed aside. I think it will be a bigger thing overall. All where we have the truth character, the guy that like, you know, is in school with John when he's trying to go and do all this stuff where I think he is the target and he's actually set all of this up because he knew about this whole truth slash conspiracy Maybe, but I, well, I and wanted to get Superboy why, out in the open. I don't know Superman why he'd now. know that Superman was there. I don't know how he would know right away that that would be John. Well, even and, that, it could be a little bit too like the idea that, you know, it's it's two birds, one stone situation where he didn't set it up for John. He set this up to be able to talk about truth or whatever his news is, his fake news, his real news, whatever it is, where you have a school shooting or maybe he's even the... the the main target because of the stuff that he's spouting on his shows, stuff like that. And this is just a happy accident that fell on his lap. Yeah, and now I, he has uh, a brand new story. Yeah, I actually think that you this can't trust was this just guy. there. I just think that this was just there because you even have this one girl's yelling, hey, what are you doing, Kyle? Where'd you get that? Whatever. I think that this was just a guy. Shut up. It's too soon to politicize this. And then just shoots. And I think that he's just a shooter that is there for John. To be exposed then so that this guy, the truth guy, can Poor see Finn him. Poor Connors. Yeah, R.I.P. And then, you know, you get an Action Comics number one little reference as he goes away with his Jeep and stuff like that. Now, it's the thing cool. is, though, yeah, when he picks the Jeep up, yeah, he's not yeah. gonna, Superboy just can't go. I'm just going to keep calling him Superboy because he's not Superman know, to me and he's not going to be for a long time. I just like, say but, John still. But okay, yeah, let's go with John. But I'm going to keep saying Superboy, too, because I'm not going to stop. But the idea, like, you can't just do all of this, reveal that you're Superboy, I'm like... I'm going to get in my Jeep now and drive away. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to leave. Work. He's like, oh, well, woe is me. It's weird, what? too, where 
Getting oh, into that you, point, God. though, I want to know, where does Clark and Lois live? Where are we at in all this? Because it seems like we're in like a weird house outside of Metropolis, mm. and I don't know the landscape of where the Kents live right now. Because yeah, we, because we were over freaking that other county, then we moved back to Metropolis, and it seemed to be like a high-rise apartment before. But now we have a ground-level house like outside of the city, and I don't know when that happened. Especially no. because Lois is off the Drake Hotel for like months and months and shit like that, writing her book by herself. Yeah, and and even that, when you see at the beginning, you end up where this guy has those bullets, and it has like people's thoughts. names on them and there, stuff. And I thought stuff. it just said thoughts. Now there's a bunch of different thoughts. Then one thing says something else. Like I don't even, I can't even read. It just has different things. <laughs> I've heard on that it. about you. And, yeah, thoughts is there, but this other one, like I thought it said Strayers. I I don't know, but even at that where. The guy there, and it is the the truth guy. He's like, Jay hey, Finn, hey Finn, you left your hair here. Yeah, I did. Well, it's me, and you have the Charlie Brown years ago, and he takes off only for the guy to come back again. Hey man, you left your hair here. Yeah, I did. He takes it, but he goes up on the moon to sit with Superman and wants to know. I like John flying up with his jeep and just sitting there sulking on the moon on the with moon, his jeep just sitting there, just the jeep and him looking at the world. Superman comes down. And they also, it's like Superman comes down with a big smile on his face. Hey, you stepped the school shooter today. Pretty cool, huh? We yeah. just missed so much of John Kent's life, even outside of him being aged up to the point where I would have liked to seen him at some point in time going to get his driver's license or something along those lines. Something that how like, does he get all this? How did he get into college? I don't he, know. He hasn't I, even well, gone to any school. I, I mean, he's seriously. got the mind of a child. He has a fucking like. What was the last grade he was in? First grade. Yeah, it was something like. And and remember, Damien had to kind of dumb it down. They even go there, and no, John wasn't really I think he was good. In fourth grade, fourth yeah, or fifth grade. The last grade. time he did any school, and now he's and in college. That's the thing. It's the college of Arizona State. That no, yeah, really, West Virginia. <laughs> seriously, what's he a mountaineer? The problem is though, is that that's part of that identity. Finn Connors, he can go off to college because he got good SAT scores. There's no way John Kent is getting into college. So he's like, guess that's over. (laughs) There's just so much going on with John that we just skip over, which is so disappointing because you want to be able to be with this kid as he grows up. And even now that he is forced to grow up so much, you want to have these moments of being an angsty teenager that you can experience him with. But we're just moving past it. Okay, it's college time. You're moving past it. It's so disappointing. I love this idea, too, because you – you had his birth has been retconned like three times now. Yeah. And the idea is from it's like, listen, you were born on Earth. And I'm like, eh, yeah, now he wasn't before, but we'll go with that now because we saw recently the other retcon there. But, you know, that's the whole deal. You're of Earth. That's why you do things. It's it's really throwing a lot at John, the way Superman explains the thing. But, you know, he doesn't want to get involved. But it'd be funny. John's like, well, what about Atlantis? We don't talk about that now. You know, that's the source. Uh, but it all goes down where people were really upset. Like, this is too political and this is it. I, I don't know. This I is a kid it. who is wondering what he should do, what he can do, what he can't do. He's asking his dad things and, and kind of throwing shade at him, which is the evolution that we had of first seeing your father, you know, kind of get hurt and not being as strong as you think. Now, he's taking the responsibilities of being Superman like this where he is questioning the deal. And I didn't mind it at all. I didn't find it so political. The idea where people are like, oh, my God, this is the worst. I'm like, no, just wait to see what happens. Uh, but you end up where he gets his, you know, new outfit. He ends up where, again, Plus, if you want to put the Superboy deal, that's how little he is. Where Superman's like, yeah, I use this as Superboy, but I want to give it to you. And that's nice. And right? also giving him the, like, you know, the fortune of solitude that's in the Arctic Circle, which kind of seems weird because this is. 
like right now we we have the Arctic Circle ones going on after you know what was that uh Forever Winter or whatever what the hell was that story called in the last December like Endless Winter Endless Winter yeah so when we had that we realized they just build it right on top we, we, of those graves built, again exactly right? we, we build it right back up they even moved though the Bendis, tombstones though Eric that's he, fine they, they didn't <laughs> the bodies Jim but. Bendis tried to make the Bermuda Triangle, the new Fortress of Solitude, and then it seemed like we went back in December because we had to have this fortress here because it keeps monsters at bay. But like this whole thing is, I guess we still have the Bermuda Triangle one, but now the Arctic Circle one is going to be John's fortress. And on yeah. top of this, so here you go. Here's the key to this because Daddy's going to go away for a while. So this could be your little place. And also, I made you a new costume. So that's a nice little bit. But like, I don't know. We're like I don't I don't feel like we're ever. It's almost like Action Comics. Where we're not doing enough. Like there's a lot of big yeah, scenes so going too, on here. We're just where, starting. But I, what I don't we're mind. dealing with doesn't ever feel like it's impactful to the point because we're always just saying like, here you have these things. I'm not going to tell you why you have them or how you like you know or like if you should have them. You're just you're an adult now, and here's everything you need. Let's move along. It and is I don't weird know why. too because Superman even says, "Listen, I missed out on a lot of years," and you know John. He did as well. I mean, the, you're you're really you're using that as a bit of a plot device, but you're not really spelling out the whole idea of Superman. Like you said, putting a lot on John's shoulders, where he is pretty much still a ten year old that grew up isolated in a volcano where a doppelganger a from Earth three ends up screaming. Like, there's a lot of things with that. Now, you could play it off in the way of him wanting to help more and doesn't, you know. But they kind of just push that aside, even with that. You know, you're of Earth, you can do more, this is your planet, all that. It makes, again, it seems to lessen Superman to kind of elevate John a like, little too much. Like, even we but- have John move on after this, and he's going and just hanging out in his room and listening to his freaking Truth podcast the entire time. The idea where John comes home and he still has, the like, the room of a little 10-year-old boy, and, like, how do you then switch that to figure out what does John like as a teenager right there? Because you look inside, there's guitar and stuff like that, I'm like, when did he learn to play guitar? Is that something he likes just because he, he's a teenager now and he thinks guitars will get you all the chicks? Because it he will. He thinks he's going to get the chicks. He was going to college. He was going to play I Give My Love a Chicken that had no <laughs> sit there in the quad with his acoustic guitar. He learned that from the Saturn girl, Eric. She's a big guitar fan. Uh, but yeah, he has his things and he's watching the truth. I'm telling you, I want Lois to walk in and say, what the hell are you watching? Like, she's what is a this trash? One. I don't need this crap. But he sees that there are some refugees going Leave on. Leaving Gamora. Yeah, from Gamora. And um, nobody's helping him because nobody wants to upset the You don't get on the bad side of Bendix. This is a little bit of a political I'm deal. But what, what I, I know, what I like, you don't want to get on any side of him. You end up where, I don't mind this because in my mind, this isn't just the idea of, oh, John's going to help these refugees and he's going to. I think that this is part of a learning process for him, oh, not yeah. only to get Bendix after him, too. but also the idea of he thinks, and and he would. He's a young kid. You can even can go 10-year-old, right? I can do anything, that, and it's the right thing. Just like Superman said to him earlier, his dad ended up saying to him earlier, you know, there's some things that you just can't do. You have to let you know, the people this do it is, themselves. This and is he why thinks John, he could do though, more. should not be Superman right now. Like I'm telling you, let's just say that, you know, oh, my God, John, check this out. Mongo's out there in Warworld. He's got a lot. I can't even say Warworld, but Mongo's out there with Warworld. He has a lot of slaves. So there could be possible like offshoots of Kryptonians out there. People are being hurt, John. Daddy's got to go away for a while. The idea that we look at this book is issue number two of Superman, Son of Kal-El. And the thing is, 
he goes and like saves like you know refugees political refugees from another country who would then come in and because the cops have to then handcuff him because these are illegal immigrants in there and john then uses his heat vision to freaking you know burn these handcuffs in front of the police and then stands up to the police I'm like you are creating problem after problem and it's not even your first day out it feels like and i'm like what do not go away, Superman. We you can't let the, you can't leave this to be your spot. That's the interesting thing to me, though, and that's where I think that it goes against where people He's think scattered. that people think that you know John is just Greta. He's gonna How go around, you know. He's gonna say that you know you stole my dreams stole my and everything dreams. will be fine, right? All this, but I like the idea that he is, and again, you can play the idea he is thinking like a ten year old. Who thinks I'm Superman now? now I can he's make just things an overpowering good. God who's looking over the and people here. Going and they wrong. better do what he thinks and is right. And that's the thing. Scary. <laughs> what, happens? With her? what happens? Because remember from the whole beginning of, monster in, down. the beginning of Infinite Frontier, I think people forget the idea that it was spelled out that this John, this guy there, was he the is stranger an abomination. Yeah, it was like that or the specter, maybe. And he's ending up like that is the worst. He's going to be the... Ve- and this he doesn't be, belong here. He's an abomination. He's not Superman. It could be it the could start be. of the idea because, yeah. So the start doesn't scare me. I know that. He's doing the right thing. But what they say, and they say, and it's true. You can't just go willy-nilly and just decide you're going to do what you're going to do and make sure everybody falls in line because then you start to become well, That's the thing is, too, thing. because one of the deals that, like, you know, people are talking about the idea about, like, John asking Superman, like, why don't you do more and stuff like that? And when I saw that and I saw people talk about it, it actually reminded me of something that I really liked back in the, like, you know, the uh, pre-Flashpoint Green Lantern book from, like, the 90s and the 2000s for when Kyle Rayner became – Ion, and he took on all of the power of the Green Lantern Corps, kind of stuff, kind of like Parallax did, but he called himself Ion, so he had the power of a god. He could go across the world, turn freaking, you know, barren wastelands into fertile soils. He's making food for people, and all of a sudden, Superman's like telling him, like, hey, Kyle, look, everything you're doing is really great. We're so happy that you're doing all this. It's amazing work, but slow your roll, essentially, because, look, we can do anything. We can do all of these things. We can make the turn the entire world around, but since you got this Ion power, there are 50 new people who like, you know, cults or churches that are worshiping you as a God because you're doing these miracles. So that's what you have to step back and you have, to ha- you have to let people live their own lives. You can't tell them and force them or do anything like that. You have to let them be. You can save people and like, but there's a line you can't cross. And you've been doing it, Kyle. And like, it was such a great way for this whole thing to play out. But when you have it here, it's just, Hey, dad, why don't you do more? Oh, son. You and know, that's it just the didn't problem. work for that, me. Yeah, it didn't. And. There's one line that I really didn't like that I'll say uh, in a minute, but what I'm hoping because of him coming in and Bendix being pissed off, right? You have all but that. But it's a classic that's trope, aside. though, because you get that all the time. Almost like Superman. I mean, uh, Batman makes his own villains, and Superman. Why don't you do more? And yeah, it's one yeah, of those and that's what I'm constantly. saying. This is nothing new. You just end up. But what I hope with the idea of him getting the refugees, this cause it as an incident, and all these things, and we can't accept all. The, it is like that idea where you do have some stories and a lot of science fiction and things like that. Where somebody, even in comics, like you said, with what you ended up having with Kyle doing, like, I love when it's more than surface level, when somebody goes, I'm going to make the Sahara into the greatest fertile yeah. land. Well, that affects other things. That. Yeah, <laughs> and it, but it affects things down the line. It's not just the idea of let them do that, but the Sahara's there. And if you change that, it changes the earth. Now you get Greta. She's yelling at you, but it does have ramifications to anything you do. And I hope that that's what we're seeing, not just... Bendix, you know, said, I'm going to get that guy. I hope that you see more where John is learning. And yeah, that's political, but I hope that he learns the idea of I can't just do everything just because I'm Superman. But the one line that got me, and I, I don't know why it bothered me, but you end up having Superman fly in 
And you end up, you know, John sitting there, he's with his Jeep, and he's like, you heard, I heard, super hearing, Lois. And I didn't like that. Why didn't he say mom? Mom, I agree. Yeah. It, it bothered it really, me too. It when I was bothered me. It really bothered me That's so much. Thing thinking that everybody's talking about this whole thing with politics, all this, and that, that really bothered, bothered me. me more than anything it, else it, in this it book. Actually, drove me nuts. I'm like, Lois. That's that's like that's not. That's almost like a jab behind your wife's it back. Is. Where you don't even call her mom. Like it's it's Lois. almost like when she's being a jerk. Yeah, Lois. It it just didn't feel right to me. It made it feel like this wasn't now a father son deal, and it wasn't a fact. And I don't know why. I mean, I really thought it more probably than I should have, but it really, really bothered me, uh, especially in a book that people are saying, oh, my God, Tom Taylor, he knows these characters, just like the Nightwing stuff with that. But by the end, you end up having John then, you know, save these people, but they're going to have to look into it. This isn't as so many problems as that problems. And then you end up where this truth, you know, guy ends up finding him again on a, you know, up on a Jay rooftop, Jay Nakamura reveals himself again that this is the kid the from guy earlier. That John saved from that shooter. He had his identity like destroyed because he went to save this guy. Is also the guy that John nonstop freaking man crushes on and watches the freaking videos and listens to the podcast. And now we're gonna have this guy who's all about the truth and conspiracy theories be a pseudo in my mind, kind of mentor and try to point John because that's the whole thing. Jo- well, that's the thing is John learned about these Gamora refugees. From listening to this goddamn podcast, but they, it was upload. true. I mean, they were there, and oh, nobody knows. So it's not but like now, anything. But now John is so invested in this guy that pretty much John will be Jay Nakamura's gun, like his bullet well, Jay, and his gun. I mean, Jay ends up revealing over his there. identity, and I don't know what is he like. Uh, like you said, he looks like Lizard Man, kind of chameleon. I don't know like what that mask is. He then hands John and says, "Here's your Ellen DeGeneres wig." Or is it Owen Wilson? We we can't figure this out yet. And he's like, thanks a lot. But yeah, with that, people again. Now we were, but people again are uh, right away. Oh, these two are going to be a couple. Like everybody just jumps to these crazy conclusions with all this. But is it because Jay has pink hair? I, I don't know. I guess it was just like, hey, you know, that that kind of back and forth. I can't bleach my hair. Uh, I don't know. People are insane. But all that is, I do think that this guy is going to, you know, manipulate him. And He's no like good. That. Look at that mask. That's a bad guy mask. Oh, I thought you just meant that he had pink hair. Isn't that the freaking step seven of the gonorrhea? I don't know anymore, Eric. That's a call. That's I know hair, what you're Jim. talking about. I know it's any hair. If you have hair. That's why Bendix, he don't have the gonorrhea. He's bone. I saw people like, hey, is it weird that he looks like Brian Michael Bendis? I'm like, no, no, no. This is a long-going character. It's just that Brian Michael Bendis looks a wreck. But you end up where there's Bendix. And like, President okay. Henry Bendix will do whatever it takes to destroy you because you just messed with the people of Gamora and you went out of your comfort zone and made the people of Gamora look bad and he's going to take it out on you. Can I call the, the, you know, the nation gunnery? Can I do that? It's very no. close. It's we not that, that close. No. It Gamora. Might be closer than you think. Yeah. I don't anyway, know what that means. What, where does he also control Sodom? I mean, seriously, I wouldn't go to that country at all. That's the next, uh, that's the next island over. Yes, that's right over there. You, you don't want to go to either of those. But yeah, overall, I didn't mind this. I liked it. There was just little things, and I wanted more. I need, I need more. Lex Luthor to stop John before he goes off the rails and just becomes a god that's going to oversee everybody. Yeah, where is because I'm telling you, he's up on up, that totality right? doing shit. Yeah, he's got to step it though, up. Here. What I see John doing in this book, while it's essentially, you know, it's not exactly black and white, right or wrong kind of thing. There's a lot of gray areas that John doesn't understand because he is a naive youth. But when he's going in here and just doing things because he can and he believes it's right, 
this is a problem with the Superman. This is why I need a Lex Luthor to fucking get some kryptonite out of here, a power suit, and save us all. You know what's weird, too? The, the progression to get to this book where you did have the Superman book where Philip Kennedy Johnson was just making John almost like a living God. I mean, nothing he did could go wrong in that book to then come here. And I, I do need Alex to step up and slap him down a little. Somebody needs I to. I voted for President yeah, Luther. I need him back yeah, down really. here. <laughs> With that. That'd be cool, though. This truth guy, I think that he could end up like, you know, Lex this. And maybe he's being, maybe Lex is funding. The truth, you know, deal with the news. Who no, knows? We'll I don't see. think he is. Now, I'm telling you, who knows how this is going to play out? But I do think that he is not on I, the I up think, and up. I think but... after you know Apex Lex and the whole like you know Legion of Doom and Perpetuum Death Metal and stuff like that, and leading throughout the Jazz League, that we're done with Lex for a while because he's a little Maybe. oversaturated. Maybe we'll, we'll see. But what did you give this? Well, I really enjoyed the art in this, and I want to see where we're going with the thing. Uh, there's just a few problems with what's going on because it does feel very surface level to me for the stuff that we're doing and all this deep dive stuff that I want to see in John's character. We're just glossing over to get to like you know more surface level stuff. But even with that, I think there's some really cool stuff going on in this book, and I can't wait to see more. So I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'm going to go 7-5, actually, out of all that. Now, I'm looking at the beginning and in this room. I always love to put stickers on the mirror, like a stand-up mirror. He does that. He has a truth. I have a stand-up mirror that I've had since high school, and it still has the smashing pumpkins on okay, it. Okay, there you go. It's because I'm a scumbag. People. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you, have, you have a truth sticker, but on his door, he has, a, bought super, a, new mirror he has a Super years. Sons thing on the door. I don't know that I like that, but one of my favorite things what do you in like this. like that for? Yeah, what? I said I don't really like that that's kind of a meta thing there. I think that's ridiculous, but what I do like, is when you're going with the idea, oh, what is John like? He seemingly has a poster of a motorcycle helmet. What the hell is that? It's just a helmet. It's just a helmet. You, you like helmets? I mean, what is going on here? Where's the motorcycle? Is that not a football helmet? I don't know. It looks like a motorcycle helmet. Even if it is, it's just, I'm telling you, it looks like a motorcycle well, that's the helmet. Thing is, what's worse than that? A freaking either a football and or a motorcycle helmet. It with might something be a football or, helmet, but it looks or just, weird. Or just above that, the poster of a guitar that says rock. Rock. That's what I like. The most, the most basic bitch posters around. I know, tell you. He's like, can, can I go to the hot topics? And she's like, no, you have to go to the generic topics. You oh, gotta go man. to one topic. Oh man, I guess I'm gonna get that rock poster and possibly the motorcycle helmet one. And then Those here's, are here's the a best. poster. I just think I'm gonna go football helmet. It's good in my mind. It just says sports. <laughs> It is kind of, I like to, that he's like, hey, can I get that cool swag from the Truth channel that just says Truth? <laughs> what, what a basic bitch he is. Look at him. <laughs> it's because he's still 10. He thinks that's cool. I, I, well, if he went and we actually get to see him at college, you know damn well he's got a stereo. He's got a couple pieces of plywood and some cinder blocks. He's going to make it work, Eric. It's going to be awesome. But maybe he'll have those posters at college, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I Do you think the college is done? Do you think that that's, that's just pushed aside with it? It's so and, weird. And it felt, actually, it really felt more like high school to me than college. Like, I thought maybe he would just then go to college as John. But, it, you know, the idea Finn is like. Connors. I think that he paid this guy. Those like, were did you blanks. Pick that name? Really, John? Mm-hmm. Did you pick I, that? It's because you have the mind of a like child. Bruce. I know. I, it'd be funny if it was Bruce Clark. <laughs> Damien Bruce. Bruce Clarkson. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I, I love the idea that he's like, you know, because he says, oh, I'm going to be late. I usually am not late, but I can be late here because I'm Finn Connor. He's like, I don't know anything. I, you know, Bruce, Uncle Bruce. I mean, he set this up. And 
I didn't take the SATs. I don't know shit. I'm a stupid dead year old. I don't know how I to never add. cursive. Yeah, I don't. I have no nothing. I am not going to college. I am gonna flunk out, and then it all begins. Like I gotta do something, and he's the one who set up. These are just blanks. This guy was shooting, jumping around, and with that, the ending up where Bruce is like, I don't know what happened. This this wig we gave him, the Ellen DeGeneres. It was made to never come off. You see that John does the Ricky Anderson always where he knocked the helmet off to make himself look like he was running faster. He's tearing that off and throwing it. That's why he left it there. He didn't want to go to college. Who does? I mean, seriously. Johnny, that's like the coolest move when you're in a little league as a kid where you actually oh, make yeah. your hat you always you know, do up that. on your head a little bit. So when you're running yeah. the freaking bases, it flies off because you're going so damn fast. I did it all the time. So <laughs> it's, do I. It's fine. It's the most also, badass I, thing ever. Also, I like flinging the bent, you know, and sliding head first, like the Ricky bat. Anderson with that butt. Yeah, uh, that is it for that section. We're going to go up now for another bit of a, a digital deal where we have Michael, uh, a man, talking about Ruby and Justice League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this month's installment of the Crossover Corner section here on the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am your host, Michael, and I hope you all had a great month full of great uh, entertainment to consume, be that movie, TV, comic, video games, or whatever you so choose. Uh, I myself just watched that uh, that new animated Witcher movie on Netflix, Nightmare of the Wolf. Uh, pretty pretty good. Pretty great. Um, I'm excited for uh, what that's going to lead into with The Witcher Season 2 coming out this Christmas. Uh, uh, and I am also officially addicted to the uh, the Hades game, which is right now on uh, Xbox Game Pass, best deal in games. Uh, I understand now why it had all the acclaim it did. Very, very addictive, fun gameplay, uh, and a, a good story. Uh, but enough of that. Let's go to the issue we will be talking about in this segment, which is Ruby Justice League issue number five. We are edging closer to the end of this miniseries, and I gotta say, it's it's found a pretty consistent footing so far. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying what we're having. Uh, but as always, this issue consists of two digital chapters that were previously released. So let's move on to the credits. So Ruby Justice League number five, written as always by Margaret Bennett, with art this time around from Stephanie Pepper, colors by Hi-Fi, letterer Gabriella Downey, cover by Mirka Andolfo, and editor Andrew Marino. So we start off here with Chapter 9, The Truth, uh, not the truth about Superman's identity this time. No, instead we get the truth about, well, what's been happening in this series since the beginning. Uh, we start off on the construct, Green Lantern Construct ship that Jessica Cruz made last issue to help our heroes escape uh, the brainwashed huntsmen and huntresses. And it's here that she finally gives us a much-needed exposition dump on what exactly has been going on. Uh, she explains that she, of course, is a Green Lantern, and that in her duties protecting this galaxy and others, uh, well, her section at least of the galaxy, from evil, she was chasing an extraterrestrial threat, and suddenly a rift opened up in space and time, you know. Uh, they, she drops the, the word multiversal here, which I guess could imply that maybe this is a Jessica Cruz from another world. Uh, you know, is it our Jessica Cruz that got transported into this universe? Uh, I doubt that. I think this is just an excuse to make this seem bigger and, and you know, maybe tangentially connect to the wider DC universe. Um, but anyways, she ends up falling into that rift along with the uh, monster she was chasing. And they both get spit out on Remnant at different points. And Jessica winds up leaving the rift 16 years after the monster. Uh, and, you know, let's, let's go on to that. The, the monster turns out to be none other than Starro, which I'm not sure if, if that's supposed to be some kind of, of, of well-placed uh, timing to, to align with 
the Suicide Squad movie. I highly doubt that since you could not possibly have different audiences for both these things. Uh, but it's a happy coincidence. And she explains that in those 16 years, Starro has started to develop uh, more power while on Earth. Started off by controlling smaller creatures and now has grown powerful to the point where it can control Faunus, uh, Huntsmen, Huntresses, and alike. And is planning to conquer all of Remnant. Uh, and Bruce makes the observation that uh, Starro ended up on Remnant the same point where uh, he and the other Justice League characters were born, 16 years. So I guess we know they're 16 years old. Um, and I guess this is kind of a hint that oh, they, they were born as destined to fight Starro and save the world. Um, which, okay, uh, that makes sense. And Diana over here says that, because well, obviously she wasn't born, she was created... And she says that um, the many-colored comet was the first sign amongst my mothers. It led to the prophecy of the black, the white, and the gray. Uh, the trinity that would bring order to chaos and avoid a terrible war. Now, this is the second time she brings up this prophecy about um, the black, the white, and the gray. And I'm still at a loss to what exactly it's going to mean. Uh, um, you know, when you bring up the word trinity in a Justice League story, automatically you think of... Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. But black, white, and gray doesn't fit them. It's, you know, bland colors. I don't know what it's referring to exactly. Um, but I guess we'll find out in the next two issues uh, soon enough. Uh, and as the issue continues, uh, we have all our, our characters discussing, you know, what the implications of all this means. Uh, we find out that... Um, because uh, uh, Weiss brings up the fact that some of the um, you know companies in Atlas are really rearing up their uh, dust contracts and dust collecting, you know, dropping the word dust as if it's supposed to, to really mean anything important. But you know, it's it's a it's a catch-all word, I guess, for for power, or I guess in this case, oil, maybe. Um, and we find out that Starro has um, infiltrated into the higher ranks of Atlas and is now making deals with these organizations to get uh, dust weapons. Uh, now, why these uh, uh, companies don't notice the people they're dealing with have starfish starfishes on their faces, I don't know. Uh, but I guess, you know, greed and, and then money and all that bad stuff. Uh, and we have some doubts uh, here coming from the other Justice League members. Uh, you know, well, wh who are we compared to this extraterrestrial force that even Jessica couldn't take down? But Diana steps up as the leader of this team and, you know... This is an important note to bring is that this is really the first issue where Team Ruby is pretty much sidelined. I mean, they have very little dialogue and very little uh, you know, panel space in this issue. It really focuses in on the Justice League uh, part of it, which is uh, a big difference from the first few issues, which were heavily Ruby focused. But it makes sense because Margaret Bend has been spending the entire series up to this point introducing all these versions of the Justice League. And I feel like over here we could finally see that they are forming a cohesive team that could exist in this world without needing Team Ruby to tag along with them and setting up a possible future series. I hope so. I, I'm I'm liking it. You know, some are developed better than others. I still feel like Flash and Cyborg, their particular issues didn't do a good enough job to get me interested in them as characters, and they haven't really had all that much to say since then. Um, but I'm really liking Diana here as she, you know, she's stepping up to be the leader, uh, you know, rousing all the other Justice League members with speech, 
uh, you know, all the good stuff, talking about hope, about how she was never made to have friends, but now that she does, uh, she is willing to risk that to save everyone on Remnant from Starro. And, uh, you know, every, the whole team gathers and, you know, hurrah, let's go, let's fight the monster. And it, the uh, this particular chapter ends with the reveal that it's Starro and Arthur uh, bring up the fact that he was aware he and the other, um, you know, ocean faunus knew uh, of Starro's existence that he fell from the sky. But they kind of just thought, oh, well, that's a that's a weird alien creature. Let's not dig too much into that. And now he's regretting that decision. And they're kind of, of, of framing Starro as being some kind of like Cthulhu-esque eldritch horror here that lives in the depths and is coming up to take over the world, which I guess kind of fits Starro. That's, that's pretty cool. But we move on to chapter 10, The Last Night, which is, you know, your your, your traditional uh, moment in a movie where all the heroes spend one last night of fun and freedom together before the big battle that lies ahead. And our heroes gather at Arthur's palace. I really like Arthur in this series as well. I feel like he's another uh, Justice League character that they did a really good job of adapting, but making different enough that he feels like almost a completely different character. Uh... Uh, yeah, he, he's really like, I don't know if they're trying to make him like, you know, I guess kind of metrosexual in a way, very, very flamboyant, you know, as he's walking into his house, uh, to his palace and saying, oh, we got all kinds of beds over here, choose whatever you want, let's have some fun. Uh, when uh, Blake questions, do you have water beds? <laughs> he says, girl, look around you. Um, and we also have, also have a nice little scene here of Bruce uh, finding a bowl of candy canes and this one he's about to eat one. Arthur flicks it out of his hand with his trident and says, hey, not before dinner time, you'll spoil your appetite. Uh, and the team seems to notice that Arthur is being pretty chipper considering, you know, he just realized that he knew about this threat all this time and didn't do anything about it. And they're kind of talking behind his back, but he still seems to be there and listening to them saying, oh, speaking of awkward truths, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess they didn't really care about saying anything <laughs> to him behind his back, even though he was right there. Uh, but we get a nice, a great little panel here where all the Justice League and Ruby characters are sitting around a table eating. Um, Stephanie Pepper is, is you know, of the three artists we've had for this series so far, is my favorite. Uh, oddly enough, she hasn't really had to draw a lot of action in her issues. They've been really focused on dialogue and just characters standing around talking. I'm not sure if that was on purpose, if maybe she's not the best at drawing action. But I'll tell you what, she can draw the hell out of a nice spread panel of all the characters together. Um, and that's what we get over here. And they're having kind of a, a war council, as Arthur says, to discuss what they're going to do to to take out Starro. Uh, but we don't really get uh, a plan from them. They're mostly just saying, okay, well, look, this is what we've got. We've got super speed. We've got uh, detective skills. We've got uh, a bunch of faunus. And, oh, yeah, Jessica Cruz can do pretty much whatever she wants. She's ultra-powerful as long as she's conscious. And he brings that up, which is making me believe, what, in the next issue in, during the battle, are they going to find a way to knock her out like they did with um, with Enchantress in that Suicide Squad run where they, they had to knock her out or else she'd just end the battle in one page? Uh, and, yeah, they, they talk about all that. But, again, they never really say what they're going to do. It just ends up with, well, I guess we'll just hope for the best, you know. Well, we've gone out of impossible situations before. We'll do it again and just leave it at that. I'm guessing they maybe formulated a plan off panel, and we're going to find out what that is next issue. But, you know, I would like to have known it a little bit more. Uh, and next up, we have a the first time in this whole series, uh, you know, a, a comic that is at least partly about Team Ruby. This is the first time 
where we get the four characters alone together in a room. Very reminiscent of uh, season two, uh, one, two, and three when they were at their school. And some of the best moments in those first few seasons were the four of them in their room talking to each other. And we get that here. They're in their pajamas, having a little bit of fun talking to each other. You know, Yang, another classic Yang pun here. She says, it's got it's got to get lice before it gets better. <laughs> uh, I, I love those puns. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they talk for a bit, but then Weiss and Ruby leave the room and leave Yang and Blake alone. And again, Margaret Bennett really liking to play along with the, um, the Bumblebee, which is the ship name for Yang and, uh, and, and Blake when, uh, Blake says, so what does someone do when they're waiting for the final battle to come? Well, I've seen enough stories like this to know that, uh, they get it on and I'm, that seems to be what they're implying here, but again, Yang and Blake don't really become canon or anywhere close to canon on the show until season six. So they definitely wouldn't have been doing anything like this at this point. But, you know, if, if you want to just get rid of canon and go off on your own storyline, I'm fine with it. I mean, they seem to be wanting to put Weiss and Vic together, too. So if you just want to erase the show and just move ahead with this storyline for potential future comics, I'm down for that, you know. But if you're not, if you're going to want to tie this in, uh, it's a little weird. But as we move on to the other characters, we see Bruce here sitting alone, looking at both Weiss and Vic and Diana and Clark, I guess kind of flirting with each other, and he feels like the fifth wheel. Uh, I, I feel him, especially since him and uh, uh, and Weiss were, were really vibing in the uh, the issue they had together, and now she seemed to move on to Vic. Um, but he bonds with Barry as they share some cookies that Barry's mom sent him to eat. Um, and we also get a really nice little scene here of... Um, of Jessica just passed out on the table. You know, obviously she's had the weight of the world on her shoulders for all this time. You know, it's her duty as a Green Lantern to take down Starro. And you have Arthur and Diana just standing next to her saying, well, she's, you know, she's been through a lot. Let's be a good friend to her. And Arthur nicely puts his cape on her to warm her while she sleeps. A very nice moment there. And then we move on to a montage of, um, you know, all the characters dancing, having fun on the beach. Uh, another nice moment between Vic and Weiss, you know, Weiss resting her head on, on his shoulder. Um, you got a panel here of the classic Superman and Flash race as they're running around on the beach together. And it eventually ends with all the characters uh, in a spread panel running at, uh, I guess, Starro as they go on to what will be the final battle in the next two issues. And we have next Kraken, Kraken Crackdown. Um, so yeah, that, that that's the issue. Um, really enjoyed the second part. I love me some some moments where it's just the characters bantering and talking to each other, and um, you know we got some good answers to the questions we had in the first part. Uh, Starro, pretty cool villain. Excited to see how they're gonna take him down. Where this series goes, I gave it an eight out of ten on the site on my written review. I'm gonna stick by that here. This has been a pretty solid series so far. Um, you know, except for issue uh, four. I'm uh, sorry, issue three which was the introduced Flash and Cyborg, which I felt were the weakest characters. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking the direction this is going. It's one of the best things DC is publishing right now, uh, actually. And it's just fun. You know, I read it and I have fun. You know, there, there's some groan, groany dialogue at times. But yeah, I, I'm really liking it. So that's uh, that's going to be it for this month. Uh, if you want to talk to me, uh, find me on Slack here on the Patreon. Really enjoy talking to people on there. It's a great community. I love the Get Fresh crew. Or you can find me on Twitter at Mike Giustini. That's M-I-K-E-G-I-U-S-T-I-N-I. Uh, and yeah, I guess I will see you all next month 
for issue number six. But until then, I will throw you on back to Jim and Eric. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Those kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shake. Looking for a star screen, or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all bad crap. Well, that's just Eric Shane. That is just Eric Shane. He's here with me to talk two more books to end this podcast. And, you know, it's the last section of books. We you save know. the best for last. You know how things go, right, Eric? You know. Uh, but the first book that we're going to talk about is a book that, I mean, it's a darling. It is to the critics. I guess we're not critics, it, Eric, right? Yeah. I don't see anybody talking about this book anymore. Well, that's because it was canceled already. We're talking about Batman <laughs> Superman. Once it gets canceled, everybody ditches it but us, it seems. And uh, I'll tell you, going by the stats on the site, nobody cared about this one, right? But we always do things till the end, Eric. We, we, I we told you. At one point, I told you, well, if we're going to bail, we bail early. We're not going to bail we at the bail last hard. Couple. Yes, we do. You're talking about hay now, right? Hay. Sure do. Hey. You hey. end up, though, with this. Um, he ended up having a gimmick. He ended up having this Batman Superman book. Gene Luen Yang comes in after Infinite Frontier. They keep the same numbering, but they end up having this Otorio deal with the film strips and I have microfiche, all these things. Never really made sense. Wasn't really explained well in a time. A multiverse made of film. Yeah, and in a time when. We were a little upset at the beginning because we were trying to get our, you know, baby steps going of what this new Infinite Frontier means. What is the multiverse, omniverse? What is going on here? And we thought that this was I a weird swerve. Like, what is this horse yeah, shit? Yeah, it was a re- weird swerve. And so with that, you then ended here with one of the biggest things that's happened in any book. And it blew my mind. The idea of what is going on with this book about it. Because I think that most people ditched this book. And if they did, I'll just tell you right now, Dark Side shows up at the end, Look, wanting the to is, want these worlds. It seems we we say the idea like it becomes this gigantic thing by the end, which a lot of people won't know because they bailed on the book once they found out it was canceled. But is it big? Like we say, it's because the the final form, the ultimate form of Dark Side, is here and being delivered a film canister of a universe from this Artorio Observio character, a big bad of the story, and a pair of demons delivering this to the ultimate form of Dark Side, and I'm like. How how can this ever come back <laughs> well, and thing. be something I don't later know, on? But with that, if you're listening and you're like, holy crap, I got to get it. You don't really. No, I mean, you we don't. just told you. I see that too. But if you've enjoyed this, like me well, and no, about, if you enjoyed this, this is, the best, this is, is the best. This is. This is the best issue. Even with a forced end. It doesn't even make sense. It's the, the best time. one. No, it doesn't. But it's it makes more sense than a lot of the other nonsense that we got before. And it actually makes me a little sad that we don't have one more issue of this to really give us an explanation and things because i think this is the best issue of it all if you and i wanted to put it in my blurb that i'll say in a minute but you said it and you said it well the idea if you've been enjoying this i think you'll love this issue i will tell you that if you go and get it i mean you'll love it if you haven't liked it so far this is not going to change your mind and and make you say still don't like it yeah i'm not going to say oh man this really turned around this is the greatest thing but at least I end it with a, a smile on my face. I'm like, all right. So I, I ended up in my written review saying that this will be one of those things a year from now. It'll be a curiosity where I'll say, hey, Eric, remember that 
film strip thing that you, and you'll go, oh my god! But we'll laugh I'm telling about it, whatever. You, this, this really does feel like that weird ending continuation of the Just League United that we had, where Adam Strange was a Zeta Beam figure and was sending people through different timelines. And we timelines, were enjoying it a bit, and, and it was thought it'd so be bigger, different but then than it was what weird. it was, and it just came back different, like this for a regular Batman Superman book, and then it's never going to be referenced again, just like that version of the Just League United. Just imagine that Just League United book if it ended with Wally West coming back into the con. Like the, it was the that's how this if it ended with Adam Strange Zeta Beam Monster Man being given to Darkseid. Maybe I mean Darkseid shows up at the end, and, and I'm like, holy crap! And as I'm we like, all I, know, Darkseid is he is, and and so I I was I just giggled. I don't know what you said. How does this tie in? There? But it has to. I mean, how? it's dark. How do you bring this back? <laughs> and it's an epilogue. Beware, so it seems like all you like... heroes of the Omniverse, for I have a film canister. Oh, it's the Wild Westverse. Never mind. Back to what you're doing. Yeah, and and with that, I wonder what he has, what not, and, and maybe this is what will continue, and it'll just be in the annual because the annual is an archive of the world's annual. It's going to be almost like a maybe a greatest hits, whatever, and then we'll have one more issue in September. It's a them. freaking, it's a, uh, like, uh, the film multiverse guidebook. That's what it seems like it might be. That's I don't know. I don't weird. know. Um, But we'll also have Fair one enough. more. This doesn't end it. We're going to have one more issue in September. That's a mix plick deal. So, you know, Fair enough. Shot, whatever. But this. Maybe you'll even get Wonder Might. Maybe. Assholes. <laughs> really. You mean Wonder Time? Batman no. Superman number 21. Eric, written by Gene Luen Yang, art by Evan Rice, Danny Mickey, Sabine Rich, and Seda Tamafonte. Gene Luan Yang finishes his Batman Superman archive of the world arc. And while I thought this issue was one of the better ones, if not the best, it still wasn't enough for me to like the archival world story overall. Things felt forced by the end, but we did get a crazy cliffhanger and great art. I can admire the creativity that Yang and Ivan Rice tried to bring to the story, but the end product it just wasn't for me. And, and it, it lost its way a bit. It got convoluted. There were no explanations of things, and then just it ended up going from there. But this ties in well at the end. I'm just saying, at the end, I I actually liked this issue. It it was a cool issue. Batman, Superman, kind of going together, but yeah, it didn't make just the idea of Artorio, though this guy who who has robots with projector heads, and he's going to make these worlds, and then the armor that he made for himself goes and corrupts him, and actually takes him over, where he becomes the ultimate director of worlds, and is trying to find the best world through all these different things. If he doesn't like it, he has final cut, and will destroy this whole thing. And I'm like, by the end, it's like, oh shit, I'm, I'm thank you for like you know reprogramming my armor. I'm cool now, and now I'm I'm Observio, not Artorio. Because I'm just a watcher, man. And at at that one point, we ended up seeing, and I said it was like matinee, the idea that he really liked these worlds, then this armor takes him over. I said right away, why are they trying to make him, you know, the sympathetic character? Because at the end, they are going to end this by making him good. That's that's fine, whatever, but... I don't know why all this film is wrapped around Wayne Satellite. Not even just that. What about these robots that are in Wayne? Like, Arturio and all the rest of them. Where did they come from, and why isn't Batman Superman trying to figure this out? This looks like robots. Get them. I mean, this is why you end up in Gotham with having the eyeball, the whatever roly poly eggs in the sewer to have the worms. I don't know what you're talking about. Eyeball roly polies. (laughs) You got to look into these things. Yeah, that's mouth monster eggs. You got to look into these things. The idea that it's almost like, well, that's resolved. Let's like. Hey, we'll go back to well, our film strip. It's, it's such a weird idea because we're doing all this stuff. We have all these loose ends that, like, you know, just kind of be like 
half filled in here and there and doing stuff, you know, even bringing in Etrigan and the demon world and splicing that in the world of tomorrow, but then Superman just burns that and cuts it up. Like, but somehow I'm like, I just imagine that both of those universes just going up in flames. But the whole idea, though, where you have all of this going on, I'm like, we need to know why this is happening and like everything like that. And it never really works out. And then it becomes when you have this loose end, we get into a weird territory in this book where we want to get like, you know, start talking about theology and the idea of what makes a God and this. And I'm like, whoa, what is happening now? Yeah, because there you have the idea where Batman, he's thinking, I love to. I mean, we're not going to get many books where Superman shows up and puts his arm on Batman's shoulder and says, Penny for your thoughts. <laughs> it made me laugh. He's a billionaire. He ain't going to give you his thoughts for a penny, you jerk. Uh, but he's like, oh, I, I, I'm worried. I mean, Atorio, he said, like, he's the god of our worlds. And if he dies, do we die? What not? And Superman, and this is the big thing. Superman says, he's not a god. I don't believe it. Well, you said that before. Why did you say that? Well, I had parents from, you know, Krypton, but also from Earth. And they both had very good set of values and morals but that they taught me that were very similar. So that he's not a god. What? That doesn't make sense. And let's go with it. Basically, Superman says at the one point, Let's just go with what I'm saying, because that's the only way we're going to get out Seriously. of this and make it work. I mean, he does say that, and they go on. It's fine. And I well, just even the like- idea of questioning their existence, because in this metaverse that they're in, you know, kind of thing where you have giant versions of themselves, which are the pure versions, they have to wonder, like, where their role in the world is. Like, who is the lesser or mightier being? Or, like, where did, like, one start to the other on top of having Ontario be their god that created? I'm like... Some deep-ass shit out of nowhere, which is never going to get resolved because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And you don't have the time and space and whatnot. So you end up where I don't mind Otorio who's like, hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do this deal where this was a Lex idea. Let's get all the crap out of one world, go to the next. It was going to be the world of tomorrow with Superman. But he's gone against the script there. So they're going to make Ron the deal where, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to set up. Savitar, where he's going to be able to do this. Then you end up sending the Dune Worms down to the El Diablo film strip and maybe piss off Burt Reynolds. I don't know, Eric. That's what I saw. And, and so all this is going on while Batman and Superman and Robin are trying to figure things out and trying to decide, should we stop this because it might end us? Also, what were those big guys doing in that satellite? we got to get to them. There's a lot of oh, wacky there's, there's, stuff. There's right? wacky stuff that goes on through this because while I say, like, you know, it's the most enjoyable, all this, it's not because it makes a ton of sense. It's just no, the I like stuff the that happens is fun. Exactly. But when you have when you have Etrigan inside the Fortress of Solitude, it's all jazzed up on freaking Phantom yeah. Zone crystals because we have the our main, you know, the the real Batman and Superman trapped inside. And the Phantom and then, Crystal. In the Phantom Crystal that he's wearing like a necklace. But the idea is... I want to use this eradicator as a bomb and destroy the world of tomorrow. You can't do that because you don't have the code words. Only I do. Oh, yeah. And this grabs on the freaking phantom crystal, like, and, and this says a rhyme is like, okay, it's activated. And I'm like, the hell happened? And then he rhymes again and sets Superman and Batman free. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are your words actually allowing these things to happen? Because you're saying them like they're a magic spell, but you're also an asshole rhyme. So I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and even with that, the idea where he says, like, hey, you can't use that Etrigan because I have the code. And he's like, well, I have a Superman as if the Superman would give him the code, which he never would. No, but he just almost like, well, I have him so I can use so, this like, and sets this bomb. And the only thing that upset me here was he had the opportunity for Batman to run around. Like can't a get maniac. Bomb, I mean, you, he has you had the perfect arms. Like, just like, didn't I you think that right away? That's I mean, all you, you that's had all you it can. There. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I, oh, you, you ruin it. 
But with that, you do end up having that. First off, I do like to where Robin's like, oh, my God, do, 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 demons. He's all up. He's so scared. And with that, Batman is teaching him, you know, lessons while also trying to pump him up or whatever. But he does end up being able to kick the crap out of Etrigan as he's about to drop the F-bomb. It made me laugh. Uh, but that bomb thing really bothered me that they didn't do that. That would have been so cool. Now, in the meantime, you do end up having, you know, uh, Alana and El Diablo trying to fight off these demons as, you know, kind of we're going to save we're going to save everybody while they're doing that. And I did. Even, I like their interaction, too. It's like the summer hey, love you never knew you oh, needed. I mean, I'm telling you, it's so crazy. El where, Diablo El and Diablo Alana Strange. Alana. It's so good where, hey, do you think that the Batman and the Superman could get this done? And she's like, yeah, I think so. Well, what do you think the chances 50, 50. are? 50-50. He's like, I like your optimism. It made me laugh. Oh, it made shut me up, laugh cowboy, some- and smooch me. <laughs> I swear, I wish she would have said, I don't know, like 58, 70. He's like, you don't know math, but smooch these lips. got 99 problems in math in this one. <laughs> it made me laugh, though. I love when they're smooching. It, just, it was fun. And, and that's the thing. I think that with it being over and possibly the idea that you're – you're starting to really fudge things to get to the end because you have to. But fudging the stuff allowed me then to just have fun with the interactions and the worlds and things. Before, well, I'm telling you, you were really the- trying to get intricate with everything and got too wacky and too convoluted, and it threw me off. This is just fun, and I well, like When it. you get out of the film strip universe and you're just floating around there and pretty much, you know, you have little Superman, like, you know, our, our film strip versions who are tiny compared to our main versions that are giants floating in space. But you have it in a pretty good, like, the... The culmination of all this, the way you say the day is you have little Batman just going, <laughs> unplug something on Arturio's head yeah. and plug it into something else. Thank you. You have freed me from my armor. I am now Observio. Now, with that, too, just think they're fighting Etrigan this whole time and basically just say, hey, Etrigan, hey, you know, you, you should join us <laughs> because you're just a part time player. You could be the big one. Oh, and shit. what he ends up getting convinced is oh, to just, just go back to his film strip. And he's like, hey, everybody, I'm back, bitches. He ends up sitting on his throne and they're all cheering. And he's like, I'm hey. but with that, that like that ends the thing where they end up. And I did like really quick where Superman says, OK, they, we get back to at least the rules of the burns are where things should have been. Again, you say that. But what are the rules now? Because Superman is in his fortress of solitude. And he's all like, OK. I need to be able to get out of this world and get into the main one. Now, what we were talking about before is that there are thin spots, holes where things used to be. And I think if me and Bruce were actually friends, this is where I'd put something that reminded me of him. And he just burns a hole. And the thing, just that thing is the most ridiculous ice. Like, I think I'd have something of Bruce's right here and then use my heat vision and burn a hole in this. And even Uh. though previously when that happened, you fell into a different world. Now I'm just going to fall into the, uh, like the, the actual world. Exactly, Eric. Also, you have things that, but here's the fu- here's the things that I like. First off, it, I'm looking at that bomb. Holy crap! It's like it's Sometimes made. You can't to, get rid of it. It writes itself. But I did also like where Superman says, "Hey, listen, you guys showed me y- your cave. I'm going to show you my fortress of solitude." And I'm like, oh my god! And it ties in. Hey, there's that rocket we saw in the you know commission. The oh no, Warden Luther's office. And no, this was mine when I came as a baby. Hey, everything. I have all these things. I'm kind of a collector. I don't know. I'm overly sentimental on Batman because he knows what he does. <laughs> and it made me laugh. But then even later, when you end up having them see the big Batman and Superman and whatnot, and Robin's like, hey, do you have a Robin? 
which one? Oh my God. Like Robin is really having a great time here. And you continue with the joke, everything that happens. I mean, this kid could end up picking up a rock for Batman and say, do I have to do my homework now, Batman? Yeah. yeah. But it's fun. Like I said, you're kind of, the burn hole, at least you're getting the idea of, you know, the friendship and the world's fine. It doesn't make sense, but it's there and they end up going. And with that, little Batman teams up with big Batman, the big brain and the little brains. They kind of get together and they can do things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. And they pretty the much just brains. Boop, 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 press buttons. And all of a sudden, Otorio's, I don't know, does it turn Observio. inside out? Now he's Observio. Hey, I'm going to change my name because I like to watch the movies. The Observio. Hey. And it's kind of nonsense. They all go back to their worlds to try to make things right. Oh, and kind of pick up the for some reason. I, like I didn't even get to the end of the book yet, but I forgot what it was. Thinking about when we're talking about dark side in the world, he took well, that was a Captain Marvel freaking universe. He's still like a Shazam universe. I'm like, what are you gonna do with a, a Shazam universe that's gonna be probably all weird and Boston City about a dark side? It's gonna be, be so weird. Cool, and, it, right? and also, you know, check this out. I'm gonna have this weird idea, this this weird theory. I'm gonna put out into the world is that. This is the way that we get back to having a Captain Marvel and not Shazam. Maybe. I just don't think they'll ever do it because I know, the it's idea weird. of them, you know, they don't want to get people mixed up and things like that. But this is a way that you can have a Captain Marvel in a book battling Shazam because this seems like the faucet deal and whatnot. And it seems like something that Darkseid's real interested in. Maybe I'll, you know, hey, I'll do this and I'll have Captain Marvel. I have, you know, all this stuff going on. But it is big. I mean, he ends up where there's Darkseid, well, the big fan of Infinite you, Frontier. Like, even even when here. you look at the film version at the end when Darkseid is going through and you yeah. see the Captain Marvel, and it does look like those black and white Captain Marvel movies yeah, of back in the day for how, like, the costumes made and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it just really – and, like, the really crappy lightning bolt symbol on his chest. I'm telling you, like, even that, really that, looks like, like that era. That weird, like, chest, like, I don't know what you'd call it, a lapel or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. like, the full around with the button there. It's It's classic. And he's, like – and he says – an entire archive filled with worlds like this. How interesting, how useful. And he is, is it, you know. Is it really dark side? I mean, if he can, if, if, if Otorio can do things, I'm sure that he could go find some people. And can Otorio do things? What does Otorio do? He, he stole my heart, Eric, I guess. I don't know what he can do. He like, ended even it. look like, wouldn't we fly out of here? Because I'm looking at what, like, you know. Is this still the Wayne satellite? Is this Artorio's ship that we're flying Maybe out of? Maybe now. I think that just, they, he's just commandeered it. He's just look it. at all of this, though, where they're just like, you know, everywhere you look, you can't, like, walk knee deep and film and stuff like that. It's just hanging from everything, piled everywhere to the point where you have – it's so thick of hero film where you have a parademon hiding in there just peering out and then flies away with one of my – this is just a mess in here. And I'm like, are you going to hang out on like, you know, on Earth's orbit here this entire time? It's weird to, to ever tie it into a Wayne satellite. It just should have been some ship that showed up or they found out. I, I don't know. But yeah, out of all that, the Parademon's like, zoinks. He get, grabs the freaking, you know, Fawcett City deal. And there you go. It's, it's Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. He takes and, you know, this gives Darkseid an idea of how now it says the beginning. So we'll see what that is. We end up with an annual coming up. Does that mean? And it says the saga of the archive worlds continues in Batman Superman 2021 annual. That's next week. So we'll see what that's all about. But overall, 
It's also crazy good to ending, know that, and I had some fun with it. I've and said that's it's also what good I to know along. that beyond apocalypse and stuff like that, that even with Earth Omega and what Darkseid's doing as ultimate form that we have here, that he still has parademons working for him because that's an aspect I didn't know before this issue. Yeah, really. And and they're out and about grabbing things for him, so that's pretty cool. It's and grabbing shit, it's so it crazy. Back. It's just good. No, pretty much to get. Of what could be a huge moment in the first book that got canceled after Infinite Frontier started, because we only have a couple more issues left. But overall, I'm a seven out of ten. I actually was surprised the the second time I read it, I liked it more than the first, and I had some fun. I think that once I knew, okay, things are going to get fudged, we're going to get to the end, whatever. I did have fun with the moments. I had fun with the little deals going on. It none of it makes sense, but you get the smoochins. You get the high fives and the huggins, and, and you don't get the fuss and the fighting. You get the kissings and the huggins, Eric. That's you get all the I need. Right? Maybe, but the the fussing and the fighting, and then the boy, everybody, and him, even Edgerton ended up at the end. He's like, "Hey, I'm with you. Let's stop." But the you definitely have the more action in this than you do in action comics. Yeah, you do. And um, I did like some of the rhymes. I, I thought you and Yang did a damn, good job with the rhymes. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I just like when he almost dropped the f bomb right in front of little Robin. He he can't hear that stuff, right? Well, he's already afraid of demons. This is gonna am- amplify. I love how how scared he was. He was so scared, of little boy. Is that a real demon, oh, Batman? Like demons. Oh, yeah, I think goodness. I'm gonna go with you with a seven out of ten. I was gonna go with six five, but I am gonna up you because, like I said, I can enjoy this even with like with all its flaws, and because also. It had a big Infinite Frontier tie and yeah. big old ending to a story that should not be as big as it is, but now it's become even bigger. It's crazy to think about, but it looks good. It feels good. It's just not very. Oh, it looks great, too. This, so, it just doesn't know, come together very well. No, it and it's, it was a weird story to start out with, with one gimmick, and we've gone on way too long, not even dealing with that gimmick, not even following its own rules. And with the annual, we're going to get Paul Pelletier on art, uh, not Ivan Rice, which I like Paul Pelletier. I like Paul Pelletier. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that is. But we'll go to the last book of the night. I was going to say, does it tie into Fear State, kind of? Sets stuff up? I, I don't Maybe. know what's going on with this. In my mind, it's Harley Quinn number six. In my mind, it actually, the the timing isn't right. You have one last Harley before we get into Fear State, so you have to do something that's kind of tied in, but not, and doesn't feel right overall in my mind. But it's Harley Quinn number six, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Laura Braga, Arif Priano, and N-World Designs. Harley Quinn heads to Alleytown to score some drugs there. And teams up with Catwoman in an issue that set up a couple things for Fear State. That'll be at the end, Eric. But mostly felt like a filler issue until Harley has something real important to do in the upcoming Fear State event. Dude, this is a complete filler issue because you don't accomplish a goddamn thing in this entire issue. It's a filler issue. There's just one issue that you can't start anything. So you just, it might have whipped out. Can't even finish things. It might have wiped out a big part of Sam Humphrey's Harley run, which I'm fine with. But Stephanie Phillips wrote, uh, Harley Selena team up that is too much like the animated universe and it didn't feel like a ton happened I did like the art change and gave Laura Braga props for incorporating a little Riley Rossimo in it but this issue could easily be skipped with little to no consequence now with that I think I'll play two songs at the end we'll have the Alley Town song but also just to throw out the Sam Humphrey things real quick he ended up being on Harley and ended up a big story of his was the idea that Harley's mom died of cancer I believe it was and uh-huh. This almost makes it feel like, like my Jewish mom says this, not said. It almost feels like, okay, that's pushed aside. But there's a song that we had that it's funny because it's more shade at you, Eric, and your relationship with Jess. All right. And that's what made Sam Humphreys block us because of that song that pretty much is about him getting off of the Harley book. And I haven't been able to play that one, obviously. So I might play that at the end as well, too. But with that, 
Stephanie Phillips keeps doing pretty much. It's like I don't know. Is it the roulette wheel of which Harley we're going to get or what? Oh, not have only happen? that, because that's the thing. As we talk about the idea, even going back to Future State, where I want like a mix of the like, I want Harley to be able to be like you know Doctor Quinn. And, and as well as be crazy and maybe even play it back. Well, you, go, you get it hardcore with each individual issue of what you're getting because that was your biggest problem where, all right, are we going to get Dr. Quinn? I Quinn said right away that it seemed or, like we were Are we going to get crazy Harley this time? Because it always just seems like we're focused on one thing. And for this issue, like you said in your blurb, this is animated series Harley Quinn where all she is like when they first introduced Catwoman into that where everybody's in all of Catwoman. And she's too cool for school and like doesn't want to be a part of the whole situation. That's what you get in this whole thing. And it's very like... Why are you playing it this way? Like Harley has never interacted, especially with Catwoman having Pam freaking poison Ivy, Ivy with Harley and her connection, stuff like that. Like there's, there's gigantic things that are going on between these two that you're not dealing with at all. And even when you bring in the idea, like, look, Hugo Strange has some form of fear toxin that he's putting in the people and it's being made in Alley Town. You do nothing with that and you don't even explore. Cause even when you hit Harley in the face with this, it just cuts to the next day. Oh yeah, I had some poison make you better, Urs, and you're fine. And we never even got to see anything that Harley would have had, like any kind of interaction with what this, a clue to what Hugo's doing. And with that, you have Hugo, right? But you also have Scarecrow in one of the most on-the-page appearances that we've had, leading in the fierce, and you do nothing with him. He shows up and says, hey, what are you doing? You stealing the stuff from me? Well, I'm kind of doing this. Oh my God, keepsake. What are you doing here? Get out of here. Well, you even this part felt weird because I was all on board with what Stephanie Phillips was doing with the idea of Nakano doing his own thing before selling out to the magistrate where the idea is we're going to enact the, the, the safe program. It's stupid that he's going to make Hugo Strange involved in it, but the safe program is our first thing that we're going to do before that fails in the magistrate. But we, we hear in this that this is Simon Saint like funded safe program. I'm like, doesn't why make is, sense. Like, why is this separate than the magistrate? And why is Nakano going for this when it's supposed to be Nakano's thing? But now it's run by Simon Satan. I, I don't understand the progression at all now. Yeah, and you have Harley in here, and it's very surface-level feel of, I don't like the cats, the cats, the cats, the hyenas, the cats, the dogs, the cats, where you do have something here that if you want to play around the idea that, yeah, they know each other. They have hung out together, especially with Pam, all that stuff, but... What is going on now in this whole landscape is the idea Batman's kind of girlfriend who, and then Harley who's now part of almost the Bat family. There is something kind of neat there that you can kind of go with the idea that at this point, Harley is closer to Batman than Selena has been. Because of the way of the you know, and lay of for, the land and for stuff some like reason, that. and this Selena's all talking about I'm not a hero, and that's what Harley wants to be. They're both on yeah. their own separate paths, but Selena's path doesn't feel like she's following. Like what we get out of this doesn't feel like what she's doing in her own book, and that's the problem. I think that what this plays out as is what it is surface. It's Catwoman showing up in a Harley book. Like I can't even see Catwoman's armpits in this. I'm like, what is she wearing? I know. And and so with that, I think that maybe I know you want to get to Alley Town, but you don't do anything there. So I don't know. I I think that it was a misplay to even do this because this Catwoman doesn't feel like you said, like what we're getting in the Catwoman book, and you're leading into Fear State that involves that book and involves everything else. She just feels All like I wanted was Catwoman in this book because I'm like with what's going on with Catwoman with her having Pam and Pam being a different I mean, version than she huge. was before and being you know used as a drug to make stuff by Simon Say all this other stuff, and then you bring a Harley involved to have Harley and Catwoman in a book. Deal with all of this shit because this is some huge stuff that we haven't dealt with and we don't do anything with it here either. It's so disappointing. No. And remember when Batman was in the Catwoman book really quick, it almost feels like that same back and forth with the way that Batman was there just to 
gives him. But he said, make sure nobody gets to Pam. You know, keep a tight lock on keep that. Keep her safe and hidden. And that could be the play here. If you're going to tie this in, have Harley, who's like out of her mind. I got to see Pam. I got to. No, no, no. You can't. You can't. People are going to know. I mean, she's not inconspicuous either. People might be falling in the idea that she's so over the top to try to get to Pam. And unfortunately, Catwoman knows they're, but can't let her do that. And that would have been something. At Don't do least. anything with it. You do nothing. You sit there and you know, keep you know almost what's the biggest having a problem. team up, but never goes any. It's just weird. You know what the biggest problem this book is overall with all the stuff going on? Because we do have a new artist, and this is not Riley Rossmo. And the craziest thing is, because <laughs> I've gotten used to Riley Rossmo, where yeah. I don't even mind his art over this, I missed Riley Rossmo in this really? thing. It's, it's not terrible art in this, That's but like, crazy. I missed the style. And I also, How because we do you? have a new artist, it's more conventional to a DC style. I wanted to see what some, like, you know, somebody who's not all style. How they would draw Kevin. Kevin's yeah, not in yeah. this issue. That's and I'm like, the other thing it. that got me. And you know what's weird? <laughs> this is the weirdest thing. The way the art was, Keepsake comes out. You know, Eli, he's like, hey, what's up? You know, I swear to God it was Kevin. I swear to God it was Kevin dressed up like, is this some weird twist that we're going to get with this? That that's it? Because I'm telling you, I'm looking at him in this. I'm like, I could almost see it. There's one panel. You're that telling like, me that Keepsake has a giant goiter neck. I'm telling you, it looked like one panel that they, they were playing with that. But it's not. I mean, that's no. the Kevin is not but, Eli. But that's the other thing. It's like, hey, I'm hanging out with my man, Kevin Catwoman. You'd really like him. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Because I don't really like them. And I'm not getting like, let's shake some people down and hang them off the roof. Let's play bed. But nothing does anything. This well, no, is we're just trying such to get, a definition of a filler issue. That we're does trying nothing. to get and find out where Hugo Strange is getting his fear toxin-esque kind of drugs that he's taken from Scarecrow kind of thing. And we beat some people up. We get to a location. But ultimately, they get away and nothing is resolved here and we don't get stop any of the drugs coming out of Alleytown or even know if they're going to shut this down from manufacturing more. Yeah, except that Rockwood, he, he, you know, doses Harley and that's like you said, you don't even get the ramifications. I want to see what this, means. what this does because it's not exactly fear toxin and I want to know what Hugo Strange is doing with these clown people in his safe program installation with the fear toxin. It's a little bit different. I want to see what that happened when you just throw it on somebody's face. Yeah, and with that, is this like just that's the only thing that goes forward is a weird way that she's now, you know, maybe immune to it because it's been well, thrown at her. That, and we've talked about it before. It, I don't where know. Like all the anti-poison stuff that when she was hanging out with Poison Ivy previously, I think it was in like the 90s or 2000s at this point in time. I know it was in a Batman animated series episode when they they did it again. But the idea is she is immune to most poison stuff like that from hanging out with Poison Ivy and stuff like that and all the other stuff. So they even talk about it briefly in this, but like, you know, Catwoman has her like, you know, anti-poison stuff that Batman's given her in the past. So we save we save Harley Quinn, but we don't even know what we save her from because it's just moves on. And then at the end, you know, Kevin, hey, I'm going to get going. All right. Take care of yourself, whatever. And then Kevin goes up and then Harley says, hey, talking to a plant. Hey, Pam, don't worry. I like my women in green. You're like, what? What did you just do? You did nothing. And why? I think that it's a shame that I I do like seeing Catwoman and Harley together. But again, why aren't they doing anything concerned? There should be such a concern about what's going on with Pam and and Poison Ivy and what's going on. You could have had where they even talked about the idea of a split deal or what they even know or don't know or all that. But you don't get anything. It's too jokey for what we're dealing with and going towards. So in my mind, I would have rather have had some sort of way that you tie in Something they did in the past that can kind of tie into the now and just go back in a flashback issue. If you want to have Catwoman here, 
with Harley. I think that all this does is put Harley in Alleytown. That's all that happens. That's all that happens in this issue. That would be but something that you, but you don't even need to do that. It, it's almost like she gets a way in. Even that we're on lockdown. How'd you get in? Nothing. Nothing's like, resolved. Even it's, if you want to have a filler issue where you know that we have Pamela Isley in this freaking tube, you know, or whatever she's in right now, we know she's hidden by Catwoman. But the idea that if you want to do nothing for an issue, just reintroduce the Gotham City sirens with this weird thing. Bring Catwoman in, have Harley say that, like, oh my god, she's keeping Pam safe, Pam is here, whatever. Do something, get these characters together again, because people love that shit. But now you just have Catwoman acting weird, acting more like the animated series of Harley Quinn series, instead of that and like how an all Harley is of her, but like, you don't do anything, and you're not even doing enough fan service to do, like keep. Yeah, me we haven't had a situation. lot of poison ivy because she's you know stuck in tubes and things like that. Where and there's two different versions. You got Queen Ivy, you got Naive Ivy. Harley comes in, finds out that you know almost even you know thinks maybe Catwoman's up to something, whatever, and then realizes okay, she's keeping her safe, and then go through a, a flashback sirens deal, and then give us some of the good times to get it set up of at the end saying we got to take it back we got to do something to these people that are hurting her all that stuff but you get not you get nothing at the end it's just a goofy issue now with that this book is selling great eric it's unbelievable really? how well this book is selling so i think that well good you know this is what we're going to keep getting it it's just it's a leapfrog of which harley we get each issue and sometimes it hits with us sometimes exactly it it's a mixed bag right now i like, like it overall but not this issue me either and that's the thing which i really expected to like this because we didn't have riley rochbone i like, know oh, it's gonna be good art i've been liking what stephanie phillips has been doing but i don't know for some reason it just doesn't feel as strong as when it first started anymore no. to me and we're not doing as much with it that's the thing it's like two issues ago we got solomon grundy playing chess with harley in the sewers it's amazing and then we don't do anything after that for a while like then we introduced keepsake and i didn't even pick up half the stuff they're trying to throw down there and now it's a filler issue I'm like it's too early for a filler issue let's do something fun i think that it's the the way that things have landed you end up starting you can't have this harley issue be the first fear state deal we have like fear state alpha next week do whatever I think you that, want i think the way they were though they were like you gotta you gotta get near something and you I'm can't do it i think this Gotham is editorial saying yeah I, I think that editorial said you got to kind of get close to Fear State, but you can't do anything. You can briefly that would touch do it. it. You can't so, grab a hold yeah, of Fear yeah. State. And I think that that's the problem. I don't, I don't blame Stephanie Phillips completely, but maybe $5 she could have came and said, to touch it. "Exactly." Maybe she could have, like, "Hey, how about this?" They go in, like you said, the Gotham City Sirens type deal. Have some fun. If it's going to be a filler issue, have some fun, and that's where you can throw in some fan service. Still, though, you could have made this issue. The Harley Quinn version of what we got in Robin number five with the rest of the Bath Emmy with the Gotham City Sirens and stuff like that. You could have had all that heart and soul going on there. Plus, in the background, we have the you know, fear state looming over us, and it could have worked out fine. Yeah, it could have, but this it, it was a downer. I mean, you could skip this completely. There's no reason you have to read this, really. And that is always a downer. But it says fear state heats up next month. Thank God. Hooray. Even that, like fear state is hitting the magistrate. Is ripping through Gotham. You have Alleytown. Who had cybernetic robots chasing Harley at the beginning of this? Harley's just looking out the, off the balcony. Oh my! What a nice night. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm at a five point five for this. Uh, maybe a six. I, I don't. I'm gonna go five five because nothing happens. What would you give it? 
I think I'm going to go a 5-5 five, five as well because I did enjoy the art even though I was missing Riley Rossmo for some st- – I can't explain it. I just I guess I'm used to it You're now. I'm just used to it. I don't mind it with this title because it is zany and off the wall. I'm with you. I wanted to see I how I want to know he what he looks, looks like normal. You know, that's yeah, the weird really. thing. But you don't do man. anything with this. and you like look like the wolf man. It's just Harley doing Harley stuff with Catwoman and both of them kind of acting weird. And I don't know. I, I could go lower, but I had a decent enough time with it. But it's one okay. of those like why – does, why does Harley keep that? Now you can Nothing say that that's kind of the way that she is. She is so crazy that she has this, but it's not even playing out like that. It it just is like we're rolling dice to see which Harley we get. And you know me, I I like the wanna be a hero doctor Harley more than the crazy because we always see the crazy, but we're we're just jumping around with it. And I just I need something to you know get my balance with it all. But that's not our book of the week. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Robin number five. So is mine. I really, really enjoyed that. So with that, we have an annual See, that's week how you do coming fan up. Service. Damn right. Yeah, make me cry, Eric. Hey, next week we oh, have an annual week. I am. I am gonna cry. Are you sure? <laughs> he follows both of us, right? Sure does. Zach yeah, Ward. Yeah. Zach Ward. But with that. A little shout out to <laughs> uh, Next week is the manuals week. So, again, all of the books, all the things, the podcasts, whatnot, will be on the Patreon only. To listen to it, you go to patreon.com slash weird science and pay as little as a buck uh, to listen to that show. And then going on the early access, I end up editing the podcast every week on a Saturday night. So, you get it a day ahead of time, a little deal with that as well. But here are the books. That we're going to talk about on that We have Aquaman 80th Anniversary Number 1 Oh my, we have Batman Fear State Alpha Number 1 Big, big issue right there Batman Superman Annual 2021 Number 1, Eric Big, big issue No, maybe not Harley Quinn Annual I don't know Harley Quinn Annual 2021 Number 1 Is Riley Rossmo on that? No, I don't think so Right. Uh, well, I'm, you know, again, you're asking me questions that I, I think that he questions. comes back. I think he comes back in like November. I don't know. Infinite Frontier number five, Eric. A book big, that seemed to book. have been delayed, but that's huge. Midnighter Annual 2021 I'm sure number the page one. It's going to be pretty big on that. It might be. Teen Titans Academy number six. All right. Wonder and if Wonder, you're doing some bad pack stuff, maybe. Wonder Girl number three. It's it's coming out, Eric. <laughs> like both Teen Titans and Wonder Girl feel like it's been a long time since we dealt with those. It's been a long time, it seems, right? Wonder I don't even Girl remember what we dealt with previously because I know that we had, you know, the Bad Who, Pack. Wonder was, Girl or the no, Teen no, Titans the, the Teen Titans Academy? Because I know that we had the Bad Pack talking to uh, Red X yeah. about stuff and like you know, their background. The but I don't remember where that ended with the idea that I guess he was asking, like, you got to choose sides, kids. Either you with the Teen Titans or you with me. And I, maybe that's where things left off with that. Maybe. I Wonder Girl, she seemed to... Almost get shot by arrows, but then he pricks himself there. Oh I hope that's explained because that was such a weird progression. Yeah, but with all arrows? of that, yeah, it was arrows, I believe. Yeah. So with all that, you end up again. All those, there's no spotlight, nothing. It's just that one big podcast next week. If you don't want to get involved, don't want to go over to the Patreon, whatever. That's your prerogative, like Bobby Brown. And with so that, though, then just pretend we ended up taking a week off, which we don't. Again, another reason to support, right, Eric? But we'll be doing that on the Patreon, as well as if you listen to the Marvel stuff that is on the Patreon only as well. So you can get all of that in one fell swoop there on our Patreon. But with all of that, Eric, that is it. I know that you're just 
itching to hear those songs that I talked about if I can find them. Of course. Uh, but what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Do you know what I am saying? Sam Humphreys should be fired. It's my one desire. Believe when I say someone else should write Harley. Eric gives Jess no joy. She has needs. With toys, believe, best believe, she'll leave one day. Sam Humphrey should be. Well, we're living here in Alley Town. And it's hard to keep a cat woman down. Pillow homosa was just killing time. Kind of a bore. Glad it's behind. Now we're done fighting the Joker war. Mama Fortuna's not in charge anymore. And Selena's taking back the nails. Training the strays to take down the rest. She's living here in Alleytown And there isn't any Batman around It's just Selena and all the Play with this toy.